everybody. This is David opposing the Matrix. <clears throat> Pardon me, but I've got a little bit of a thing in my throat here. It's not. It's not COVID nineteen. No, no, it's not the coronavirus. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, for, so forgive me if my voice goes out every once in a while. But um, <clears throat> hey, it is the twenty uh, third of March, two thousand and twenty, and time marches on with the coronavirus. Um, we're going to talk about that and a few other things tonight. Uh, we have some interesting things to bring up about the coronavirus. Jim was telling me today that uh, Michigan has uh, actually put the uh, shelter-in-place thing in in Oregon. Uh, guys, I, I got to admit, I was I was trying to tell you when we said 9:30 is that the uh, the uh, the governor here um, actually on Friday showed a little grace. And she said, you know, I don't want to implement this thing. She said, so this weekend, just please, just stay home. Don't go out. Don't congregate. Stay, you know, stay in parties smaller than 10. Stay six feet apart and everything else. What did everybody do? Everybody went out to the beach. Everybody, I mean, it's it's like telling kids not to do something. And they're going to go out and do it in yeah. twice as bad, you know. Like when your parents always told you not to take drugs when you were a kid. Well, you know, why not? Maybe there's something they're not telling me. Anyway, um, so anyway, she uh, they forced her hand. And now today she's talking about uh, how she's going to implement it. And um, and and so it's 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 crazy. It really is. You know, and, and I've had people coming into the store. We have live right next to a store, a little country store. And and people are going, what are people are nuts. They're crazy. You know, they're they're all out today and and doing stuff when she asked them not to do it. Now, believe me, I don't like Kate Brown. I you know, I I wouldn't pick up her handkerchief if she dropped it, let's put it that way. Especially now. But anyway, I I have to agree with her. You know, there are certain measures that we have to take in order to stop this thing from spreading. You know, wash your hands, you know, stay six feet away from people. Those are common sense things. And just because you, she said it and you don't want to go out and do it, you know, that, that's nuts, you know. Anyway, Jim um, and Eric, uh, how's it everything in your areas? Um, I think at the last minute when when we were told that. That we're that we're going to be totally shut down and everybody just instantly stopped what they were doing, ran out and grabbed the last few things they needed or whatever, you know, for an undetermined amount of time. Then when it was announced, it's going to be, she said, 13 days. We're going to be, you know, starting starting midnight tonight, 13 days, we're going to be, you know, on, on lockdown. Interesting so, number. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think she said three weeks, but did she say three weeks or 13? No. No, she uh, said it, it just that's what matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, so anyway, so it was a, a determined amount of time and people are, are getting what they think they're going to need is the last minute, you know, and there was a few things I wanted to get to. But when all was said and done, I mean, I got my bank situation. I had a problem that I had to take care of. I had uh, my son. I had to go out to give him my medication because my heart's healed. I'm not on the medication, but he's like got a third third degree something heart thing that's oh, very dangerous. block, yeah. Yes, yes. And um, all of my medication is exactly what he needs, at least for short term. So I went all the way out there and got it. I mean, I drove all over the place, took care of all my business, got everything done. I got back home. I was thinking about doing laundry. And then I realized I'm going to be shut in for a while. I don't care about clothes. I'm going to stay in my jammies or my undies. I don't 
neat. Nobody's, nobody's going to know. Well, they're going to know now because I just said this, but well, but come on, man. I mean, I'm all by myself. I'm up here in the crow's nest, uh, you know, on top of uh, commercial buildings. Ain't nobody going to see me. I'm yeah. staying in my underwear, man. Forget and, that. Know, and of course, Jim, you were talking about over-the-counter medications because, right. you know, you, you know that, you know, the other stuff you can't give out, but I just, wanted, yeah. I just wanted people to know that you were talking about the over-the-counter stuff that you you take for your. Thanks heart. for clarifying. Thanks for clarifying that exactly. Oh, you're welcome. I don't want anybody to jump to conclusions because yep. they always yep. will. Well, and you know, in Michigan, they they legalize marijuana now, so I mean, it's fully, I mean, full blown legalized. Mm-hmm. You can go get it anywhere. Yeah. Where do you so see anyway, the traffic so accidents start to go up? Go ahead. How about there? Eric? What's how's how's it going? What's happening? Uh. See here in the state of South Dakota, uh, basically uh, our governor is, has an ec- uh, executive order that she just uh, put into place today. But it's um, she's basically kindly recommending that you know all businesses close, but she's not necessarily mandating that they do. It's kind of a weird line that she's walking. I don't quite understand it, but um, most businesses have of their own accord. Um, done it, shut shut their doors anyway. Uh, but there's some that are not are still operating. Obviously, you have the non, you know, you have the essential ones that you need. But um, she's not going full draconian on you have to shut down. But she recommends that you do. So obviously, places like food places, um, you know, there's no dining anymore. There is still, um, you know, carry out and drive through. I think they allow that mechanism yet. So, um, but the modeling is showing, at least in my state, that we're looking at about a 30% infection rate across the state. We have a population of about 885,000, so that would be roughly 265,000 people getting infected. Right. So I can kind of do the math out of that based on, you know, the mortality rate we're actually seeing, like in Italy, if it gets that bad, so probably be about, be about 25,000 people that will probably end up dying. Um, you were telling me, though, that even in your urban areas, the way the, the city's laid out, you guys are pretty well separated apart from one another, aren't well, you? Most of the state is. Obviously, I live mm-hmm. in one of the bigger states. We, know, we don't live on top of each other like some urbanized cities do, so yeah. that does gives, gives us a structural advantage, I think, to some degree. Right. We also have two major hospital systems that are probably um, – one of the better hospital systems in the United States, which is, I know, funny to hear from people um, being from South Dakota, but we do. We just, we're always highly rated. So, um, in fact, they've actually already developed both these hospital systems. I'm not going to name them by name, but they've already developed in-house laboratory testing for COVID. So now they, when they test, they don't have to send it to the CDC out, out of state or to a private company to have it tested, we can actually have them internally tested within our own state. Oh, that's great. At both, wow, yeah. yeah. So, so I don't know how many hospitals are like that elsewhere, like in your guys' area, but that was a, a bottleneck that our governor was really complaining about. Getting... So, you know, in, in Michigan, whether it's uh, an older suburb, whether it's in Detroit, or whether it's even a newer suburb, suburb, most of the entire Detroit metropolitan area has 40 by 100 size lots, 40 by 40 feet by 100 feet. So, and in the cities, the older ones, they're all on top of each other. You know, you got the high rises and everything. So we're packed like sardines. So I mean, this is very uh, 
dangerous for us as far as, you know, you're almost left with stay in the house and don't go out. You know, the, the thing is that um, varying degrees of paranoia, even amongst Christians, but there's connected dots that make it obvious why some people are afraid, why some people have anxiety, why some are anticipating violence. And there's one small group of Christians. They get the peace that passes all understanding because they know God's in control. So, I mean, so hopefully tonight, you know, we're going to be discussing all what these variables are and everything, the demographics of, you know, who's who and why do they believe what they believe and how come this one's uptight and how come this one is at peace? Me, I'm, you know, Alfred E. Newman. What, me worry? I don't have anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not anticipating, I mean, the sadness of the potential of how many potentially could die. And guys, still, it spooks me. I don't have an answer for this. But, um, you know, it's funny. I think uh, one of you sent me a, a click and said that this is from uh, John Hopkins University. Yeah, I sent it to you. Oh, okay, yeah. And I yeah. clicked it on and I go, yeah, that's the CDC official site. You know, you have, now that is the official CDC site. And John Hopkins University uses that. So you'll get the, the same attachment. You'll, be able, you'll get one or the other. Mm-hmm. So you think about it, the Center for Disease Control is the ones that are ke- keeping on top of it as best as they can. I mean, there's none of this is accurate. We're up against something that's never happened before like this. Um, you know, you can throw all your conspiracy ideas. But the bottom line is, and a lot of truth in a lot of them, but the bottom line is a matter of perception, who's in control and what's really going on. So the thing that concerns me, you know, guys, is, you know, I can go three miles down the road at the edge of uh, the Detroit River and I can literally wave across the street to uh, Windsor and say, hi, guys, how you doing? Uh-huh. Well, they're not going to hear me, but they can see my hand waving, you know, and so we're not that far apart from each other. Uh, the Mexican border, you know, guys can do the same thing there, you know, and, and in Texas, I mean, I lived, you know, not too far, and I delivered the mail at the Mexican border from uh, El Paso, Texas, and it's just another little river that separates the, the uh, Juarez from uh, America. But something weird's going on. There's yeah. recoveries. There's recoveries in from Seattle to Vancouver, same thing, close to the border on the west side, um, Detroit and Windsor, uh, El Paso and, and uh, Juarez, Mexico. People are recovering in Mexico and Canada. If you notice on the news, they tell you the fatalities, but they don't tell you anything about recovery. You know why not one person in America has recovered from this? Right. I'm not trying to spread fear or anything. I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. Is this part of judgment on America specifically? I don't know. Hey, hey, Jim. Yeah. Uh, Can I kindly disagree with that absolutely go ahead (laughs) okay yeah um like you know i actually like in my state my local news reports uh you know the infected um the dead and now they actually just added within the last day the amount of people that are recovering and that actually matches Mm -hmm. with the not the uh, john hopkins site which is only reporting the deaths none of the recovered it it matches up with the uh world meter i think the other yeah, one that and, you know, and, you know, and you gave me the link to that, and I went to it. And you know what it is? What? What? It's it's Fox News. <laughs> There's oh. a good, reliable source. Oh yeah, they're yeah. full of baloney. They're using, you know, Fox Fox News is estimating that there's 121 cases of recovery. Oh yeah, oh. well that's not what the CDC is saying, and I think they're a little more authoritative than you are. 
Hey, yeah. Jim, so, I mean, if you go to that huh? map, if you go to that map, Jim, that, that I sent yeah. you, and yeah. I think it's in the southeast corner of Nebraska, there's a little dot, and you click on that. It actually right. does have recoveries, like, and it is yeah. about that number. You know what? I'm going to yeah. go right now and look because yeah, I checked I, all 50 yeah. states. I checked all 50 states and yeah. none. So I am going to be right back because I'm going to check that. I've it's been better. waiting for this. I yeah. want to see it. It's just that one little me, thing. It, it doesn't even the give only, the amount of cases. The only reason anymore. why I say that it was there was a British couple that was, you know, uh, on a ship. I think they were on the news. They actually were talking via. I don't know, Facebook Live or whatever for a while. And they weren't infected to begin with. Then they all got infected and said they were taking them somewhere to be quarantined. And they had been gone for probably about a month or so, I think. And you never heard from them. Then all of a sudden, um, they, uh, they're recovering in the hospital and they were talking Facebook Live again, the ordeal. They both recovered and they're both doing fine. So, all right. What uh, state, what state did you say that was in? Um, I've got to look right now. Um, I believe I'm, it's it's in Nebraska somewhere, and it's a yeah. real tiny little dot in the southeast corner of whatever yeah. state. And um, so, go ahead. So supposedly there is now a drug that kind of figured out to treat that treats malaria. Yeah. Hydro. Hydro I almost chloroquine. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, uh, Israel is shipping. Six six million units of it for free to the United States because uh, supposedly where they've been testing this, every one that they've treated in a certain method of milligrams that they've given over the course of time, not, not none of them have died, and all of them have recovered. So, um, and I think uh, Trump kind of echoed this a little bit um, in one of his talks, you know, at the White House in regards to this drug. So, um. It may be just kind of a saving grace. Yeah, um, that, they they mix that with. Um, there's one other one. Max. Yep. 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 And it, it works. It does. It does in fact work. So, the question is, is you know how quickly can we get enough of it, and how you know as this goes through, how many can we treat before people get killed? You know, there's that right. kind of fine line. But is one of you? Um, Still on that site because I'm looking and I don't see anybody recovered anywhere in Nebraska. All right, I'll, is, yeah, is I'm it John? Looking. It's, is it John yeah, Hopkins? You talking about John Hopkins one? All right, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll look. I have seen it. It's in one of the. It's like in the geographical center of the United States. Maybe it's Kansas. Nope. <laughs> I'm not seeing I kid one you, recovery. I kid you not. I've seen this. And I was like, oh, that's neat because it's showing recoveries, but it's not showing anything else. I've not seen one recovery yet in America. And I don't have an answer for it unless it's a judgment. But I don't see it. Now, you know what? I might have to refresh this, so I'm going to do that just in case. I just started it up, and I don't see it either. It was, oh, man, where is it? Well, I just refreshed so, so it should be. So right here, on. here's an yeah, here's an example. Um, I clicked on U.S. and then I I zoomed in on like a state like Nebraska, and as I highlight down into it, it um, at oh, certain sh- frame, quiet. it shows. Oh, there it is. How did? I, yeah, just I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, yeah. So I said you click on the red dot in an area, it shows. Yeah, yeah here we go. Yeah, so. 
uh, Douglas County, Nebraska, 34 confirmed, zero deaths, recovery zero, active 34. Now in that area, right. there's no recovery yet. Let me, um, um, but they do have a section four recovery. That's interesting. Um, but no, I'm just, they all have I'm, a section for recovery. I'm right there and I'm looking at the most there. updated. I'm right there and I'm looking at the most. Yeah, updated. I see. I see what you're looking yeah. at, Jim. No recoveries. Yeah. Well, that doesn't say there's no recovery. It says just a zero recovery yet. Well, um, that's that's what I'm. That's my point. There's no like, one my, in the entire like, 50 states. There's yeah. nobody that has recovered. Now that isn't to say. Here's here's my thought on this. The COVID the uh, the virus actually came in last Thanksgiving. Right. So it's been circling and, around. I, I know so that for a fact. Circling around. Now here's the thing: you get it once, and then if you get rid of it, and then it comes back, and you get it twice. Guess what happens after the second time? You're immune to it. Huh. That's why there's no recoveries recorded so far because. Everybody, almost everybody I know that has had it once, I had it once, then I, you know, got rid of it, and then I got it again because I got 10 little dirt magnets for grandchildren that keep passing it to themselves on and off, on and off. Well, how My, do you know that you had it, though, Jim? Because I had all the symptoms. You it did. was everything identical, yes. This, it well, was, it would came on like a SARS, more like an upper respiratory uh, thing, but I had, I had but, all the, uh, so, okay. The people that are ended up in hospitals, they basically say it's like their lungs are on they're fire. having something. Yeah. That, well, not, I don't know right. if it's on fire, but like they're being constricted, like you put a belt around or something. Right. And it right. hurts. Um, I mean. Well, and here's here's with me as a profile, I guess, uh, on this. <clears throat> when I was in the military, I had my lungs burned, singed by CN, CN gas. Uh, it's a blister gas. Um, it was an accident. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm in the back of the line, Wilhelmson. I'm a little guy, five foot six. And all these big guys in front of me, so they said, if you have a leak in your mask, pat your uh, chest and raise your hand. I'm sitting there patting and raising. Ain't nobody seeing me at all, man. Finally, I ran up front. Sergeant, I got a leak. I've been telling, trying to tell you guys. And I passed out. They drove me outside. It was too late. I burnt my lungs. I had to go to the hospital. I was in there for a week with pneumonia. Uh, got it cleared out. But ever since then, I've been very sensitive and easily catch pneumonia, walking pneumonia or bronchitis very easily. So my lungs were already in an uh, injured condition. Now, getting this just, you know, last Thanksgiving, at that time, I had all the symptoms. I mean, I, I had the medical history of um, five artery bypass, um, carotid artery bypass, um, a, a twisted back, two crushed discs, sciatic nerve pain. I mean, I had so much going on, diabetes, type 2, all this stuff that, you know, here's a walking dead man. You know, that's just it. And 68 years old. I am healthy as heck right now. God first, you know, uh, I'm a cancer survivor from esophageal cancer. I had no operation. It was in the name of Jesus laying on a hands and I got healed. Um, the same same thing happened with um uh, my heart. Now, I got to admit, I'm maybe foolish in some respects. I've always want, waited for doctor verification. But since all of this stuff, I've been so busy. I just haven't had the time. My insurance changed. I couldn't afford it, so I didn't go. Um, but I prayed and I asked the Lord. I said, okay, I know, you know, your sense of humor on Valentine's Day. I got healed from my heart. I got a new heart. So when do I stop taking 
my medication and I hadn't taken it for a few days and I was feeling great, better than I have any other time. And, and here was my second time around with this flu. And uh, yet I felt so darn good. Well, the next thing I know, um, I went ahead and took it that night after the prayer. I couldn't even stand up. I was so dizzy. And it was that darn blasted medication. So I went in the kitchen and I realized, you know, I thought, well, maybe my blood sugar is way high. No, it's not. It's normal. I said, okay, Lord, I'm not touching this stuff anymore. I am done with it. I am done with it completely. You know what? I started getting more clarity, uh, no fatigue, lots of energy. Of course, I do do the D3 and lots of vitamin C and, you know, and pump it up uh, that way. Um and there's this other stuff too. It's a booster to your immune system. It starts with a D, I think. Or anyways, it, it's some from tree bark or something. It's a natural thing, and it it works awesome. So I'm doing all this stuff in a natural way, and I'm feeling healthier. I mean, the next thing that's going to be cured is my diabetes. I know it. I got to use less and less. I use the R and the N. Dave, you know what that is? The the what is yeah, it called? Noble and R, Noble and oh, N. Yes, uh -huh. yes, thank you. I use that. So I'm able to adjust it according. So I register, I've been registering my um, blood sugar, being more restrictive to my own diet and making sure, you know, that I don't eat, um, you know, any later than, than 8 o'clock because usually I get a late start on, on eating anyway. And, uh, man, I've had to cut my doses. There's some nights I don't even do the uh, overnight stuff, the milky stuff. I don't even do it at all. And I wake up in the morning and I'm fine. It's like my pancreas is starting to know how, you know, it's healed. Uh, and I say this as a prayer every morning. You know, my body is restored. God has healed it. By his stripes, I'm healed. And one by one, you know, I, I wondered, well, Lord, how come you just don't heal me all at one time, everything? And the reason he's showing me is because I have a temper at myself. And, and that's what caused my heart condition in the first place. I'm a, wrapped a little bit too tight. A little bit too much of a quick temper. So he's showing me, okay, Jim, this is where you got to be healed from. This is what you got to do in order to stop it. So the diabetes, you, Jim you used to eat like a maniac. That's why you're a diabetic. Um, so you got to change your habits. So I'm, I'm changing it. Then he's showing me, you know, why this happens. This is, this is why you need to be healed from this. Okay, cool, Lord. So it's a, per, a state of permanency. So in each way, God has to show me what I did, where the wounds are that need to be healed so that I have a permanent change. I'm not going back and being stupid. It's just like, you know, we're all stuck in this fleshly body, and it's like the Lord allows me to think stupid. He just doesn't allow me to act stupid anymore. <laughs> and I, I kind of think it's, you know, like the insurance uh, commercial, um, we know a lot because we've seen a lot. Well, that was on the back of making a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Oh, you got the same commercial. So... And that's the way it is. It's so, you know, we're stuck in this flesh. And as long as we are, we're all going to think stupid things. But as we grow in maturity, we realize that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. I need all the great. We all need all the grace we can get. So if we're willing to be humble, not as based on an emotion, but as a decision, a pragmatic decision, I need God's grace. I have to have to be humble. So it's a matter of not an emotional response, but a. Uh, like a. Like Spock in Star Trek, just a logical response. This is the way the kingdom works. This is what logically I have to do. I have no other choice, so just do it. And then it all works out together for good, like Romans 8, 28. So it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's easy. You know, God, God's way of delivering us or healing us is so easy if we just let him do through us what we're not capable of doing on our own.
But um, the rest of it, figuring out proxy, everything, especially right now, uh, everybody's saying, what next, Jim? What next, Jim? It's like, you know, I've got some ideas. I've got little photo snapshot pictures of things I know are going to happen. I just don't know when they're going to happen, and I don't know what their interrelationship is with everything else. And mm -hmm. this is the first time any of us have ever been faced with anything like this. So this is new territory. We're going yeah. to have our dependency every day has to be an intimate, close relationship with Jesus. Do what the right thing is to do today and let God fill in the blanks for tomorrow. Um, right. It's out of our hands anyway. We can't. There's nothing you're going to do to change anything. So mm -hmm. if you just continually be, you know, it's it's actually easy on our part. Everything that who we are right now has prepared us to be this last end time army to confront the powers of darkness. That means by looking, looking back at all of our past, not reliving it, not, you know, remorsefully looking at it, but looking at it and realizing, you know, whether it be good or bad, this helped make me me today. Right. And so what I am and who I am is all I got to continue being. Man, that takes a lot of stress away from you. You don't have to try to be this superhero. God's going to do it through you if you just continue to be yourself. Because yourself right now has made you survive, made you be in the right place at the right time for everything. So when I when we don't have an answer, like nobody has recovered. Everybody that has it has died. I don't know if I can make total sense of that. I'm waiting. Really, I want to see somebody, you know, I want to see that little thing recovery. But you notice when they present the news and everything, they always tell you how many deaths. They never say anything about recovery. Why? Because they probably don't want to start a panic. But for us, we should realize that's how serious this is. But the thing is, and guys, this is the bottom line. I wasn't going to get to it now, but you know what? It seems kind of appropriate. If the connections are, if you know, how is a church, if God is going to speak to warn his children, to provide and equip his children. Is he going to do it through CNN News? Is he going to do it through um, a New Age newspaper? Nope. Is, is, he going to, is he going to do it even through Fox News? No, he's no. going to do it through his prophets, through the prophetic gifting of those people today that God would speak to through the church. Kim Clement is one directly addressing this. Um, the other would be... Um, Mark Taylor. Um, Mark Taylor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I find that the people that are most fearful have never heard either one of those people. And they claim to be Christians. Well, that's okay. So you haven't read, you know, and studied or anything. But maybe it's because you're paying too much attention to the secular news and listening to that and all their hype. Mm -hmm. Why are you not plugged into the church and listening to the prophets? Oh, because some are told... Uh, okay, fundamentalists are told that that doesn't exist for today. Oh, have you got a big rude awakening coming to you? Your limited edition gospel is going to get you killed or put, you know, in a state of panic and you're not going to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. The thing is, pay attention. Even even Christians who claim to be Christians, who claim to be full gospel and understand all the gifts. Um, why are you not plugging yourself into the people? Nobody understands a New Testament prophet versus an Old Testament prophet. An Old Testament prophet had God actually come before them, an angel actually come before them. They were without an excuse. We hear a still small voice. We learn from that still small voice. The more proficient we are, the more that we're willing to sin less. We're not going to be sinless, but the more we're willing to sin less, then 
and we're seeking him with our whole heart, we're going to find answers. We're going to get answers for ourselves in our own personal life. And it's going to go on a broader scope. God sees that he can trust us with our personal life. Now he can trust us with a bigger scope of awareness and understanding. So basically, a New Testament prophet is a witness. He simply testifies to what he has been told without interpreting it, without um, doing anything other than giving what was given to him, not debating it, not defending it, but just simply willing to talk to whoever's willing to listen, period. That puts a lot of pressure off of us. We learn by trial and error on the job training. So we're going to get more proficient in our um, in what we say and how we say it as we make a ton of mistakes and are presumptuous and make all the mistakes. But God resists the, the prideful and gives grace to the humble. So it's on the backs. You know, I've gotten it pretty good in 40 some years, 43 years in ministry, 45 years of being saved. I'm pretty effective in what I say and when I say it because I've made a lot of mistakes and that's how I learned. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for this day and age, I'm understanding how easy it is on us. Um, the pressure is on us. If we just abide by those three rules, don't push it on anyone. Uh, don't defend it and don't debate it. None of the prophets in the old Testament did. They didn't say, well, let's sit down and reason with, well, let's debate this. You know, no, uh, -uh. This is thus saith the Lord. This is the way it is. Now, we don't have to get so demonstrative and kind of strange like they did. Although well, some some of the messengers do. Kim Clement sings his prophecy in a song. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty weird the first time I saw it. But that I was learned, pretty cool. Uh, well, yeah, Really? Oh, that's cool, man. How cool is it? Well, because probably because it's a whole new thing for you, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, so me, I know that, the, uh, you know, I've been full gospel almost all my life. So I know the, the hints, you know, of when you're supposed to respond or react to certain things. So, but, and I thought it was kind of funny. But then I learned a long time ago, don't look at the messenger. You better pay attention to the message because sometimes God will give you the most important things from a messenger that in your flesh, you go, this is a goofball. I, he didn't got anything to tell me. Oh, believe me, I had that happen. It was a big time thing. I should have listened. I didn't. But anyway. I've learned. So here I'm listening to Kim Clement. I'm going, oh, my gosh, this is right on. Then I come to find out that my friend and fellow pastors, uh, Pastor Steve Upshur, knows him personally because he's had him at his church. As a matter of fact, when he was giving those prophecies, that was the church, New Life Church. He was one of the senior pastors at that church at that time. So it's like, you know, he was there to see it. Um, but I've learned, you know, the, the Zion singers, they're here in Detroit. Uh, they do the same thing. I kept theirs in almost a long part on a very short clip about Detroit. And uh, it's incredible. So I listen. I get past the delivery or the deliverer, and I hear what is said. And it is incredible. So if you know those two names, um, that uh, Mark, you know, Mark Taylor and um, Kim Clement, the people that I find that are calm and collected have tapped into the Christian source. They have listened to Dave Wilkerson. They've listened to, uh, what is it, Dimitri uh, Dudelman, um, and many others. They have pro prophesied particular things. Um, my own local pastor two years ago gave a sermon, and it was exactly um, comparing the, this virus here with uh the virus that happened back in 1914. Um, what was that? The Spanish flu. And he yeah. says, when this thing hits, it's going to be like the Spanish flu. 
two years ago, I got the, the copy of the sermon. It is amazing. Matter of fact, I, I got a hold of him today and I, I said, Pastor, you know, everything you said two years ago, man, look at this. You you were right on. I'm glad that you were able to be bold enough to share this with the whole congregation so that they're they're equipped. They heard it from your own words. So it brings it home even closer to them. So I asked him, I said, I don't know if I can find your whole, you know, um, sermon, but I'd like to get it. I want to repost it on, on my site. So exciting things are happening if you understand the full picture. If you're tapping into the spirit where the spirit's moving, where God's talking, then there's a calm and peace. The biggest thing is this, a chain of command. If you clearly understand Mark Taylor's prophecies, and for the listening audience, you know, who's this guy and where can I hear about him? If you've got Amazon Prime, you can download his testimony, a Christian-made movie. Uh, it's on the calling and how Mark Taylor, a fireman, was praying about something in his own time. And a year or two years before Trump became president, he received all the understandings of Trump and how God was going to use Trump like he used King Cyrus. And so he wrote a book on it. <clears throat> but the movie is there for free on Amazon Prime. All you got to do is type in Mark Taylor and you'll find it. It'll be there and you can watch it tonight if you wanted to. Yeah, I always uh, find it interesting that uh, Mark Taylor always talks about the body of Christ, but then he talks about getting promoted out of that into, what does he call it, the army of God? Yeah. I mean, are you familiar with that, Jim? Yeah, it's, it, in the biblical terms, it would be uh, the manifestation of the sons of God. Yes. At the end of the end days, Satan is throwing everything he has at us. So it only makes sense to realize that God is going to equip us with everything he has for us as the manifestation of the sons of God. In other words, we begin to understand our authority in him. We begin to start having confidence in the um in working and moving and operating in the supernatural gifts of God's Holy Spirit. We have such a confidence that we're immovable and uncompromising and yet filled with grace and mercy and love, as in mentioned in um, Proverbs third chapter. It says to wear grace and mercy like a necklace around your neck. Well, you think about it, no matter what direction you turn up, down, left or right, grace and mercy is always there. So whatever you do, you can act like an Old Testament uh, prophet and, 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 Cut to the chase and no baloney. This is what God says. Hell's real. You know, whatever you have to do to hard stuff, but you do it gracefully and merciful and people are going to listen. And it's just a manifestation of the sons of God is walking in that kind of authority where you can walk in a supernatural light. Now, that means every one of us. God's not a respecter of people. He's not just chosen certain people to be these superhero uh, or super dudes or anything like that. Every one of us, man or woman, uh, any race, creed or color. If you're a born-again child of God, filled with the Spirit, you speak in tongues, you can have the manifestation of the sons of God. You can go out and use these gifts in a very supernatural way. And all the all the rules, all the scriptures are there to confirm that very likeness. It said that the latter reign would be greater than the former reign. The former reign was after the day of Pentecost when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and went out in boldness and proclaimed the gospel to everyone. Um, now, it says that the latter reign will even be will do greater works than they did. Well, when they were passing by uh, this one town, their shadows instantly delivered people and healed people. I don't know about you, but the only thing my shadow does is make a light area dark. So we're kind of a long way away from that. But God has been preparing an army, us, all of our lives, for this day, for this time, for this moment. 
Now is our time and our moment to manifest the sons of God, to walk in the power and authority that God has given us as his children. So we need to take that authority. We need to tell uh, uh, COVID-19, you go back to hell where you came from, where you belong. You're not killing me. I have power and authority over you. You're not killing my family. I have power and authority over you. Get out and go to hell where you belong. Um, that's the kind of supernatural ability. We're going to be doing better than what the first century Christians do. Yeah, we got a long way off, but you know what? We're finding out more and more. A lot of can happen from one day to the next. How do we get from here to there? It could happen next week. And all of a sudden, the light bulb goes on, and man, we're all of us. You watch after we survive this for however little bit long it is. Man, it's going to be for it's going to be a situation come around, I'd say probably around September, October. All of a sudden, Things are going to change so much. The reset that Mark Taylor is talking about is going to happen. And all of a sudden, we are going to be left. People are going to reap what they sow. You know, I said this so many times on our program, but, you know, if you hear it enough, then maybe you'll hear my voice when you need to hear it and, and remember the scriptures and the words that go along with it. Um, for some of us that have been sowing to the spirit, we're going to reap from the spirit. And it's going to be like heaven on earth. For some of you that just been sown to the flesh, grab your fire insurance and live like hell. You know, the Bible says, and I don't care what your doctrine or theology is on anything. The Bible says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, that also shall you reap. So for some of you, it's going to be like hell on earth. And then for the rest of you, it'll be a spectrum going from one end to the other and everything in between, depending on how what you have sown to the kingdom. Um, Peter said there's going to be a great shaking up. All of the man-made doctrines and traditions of men that, that has no scriptural foundation is going to fall apart. So all you believers of the Tim LaHaye Left Behind series, get ready to get shook up. Because most of that stuff is passed down made man, man-made doctrines that isn't even anywhere near the truth. Matter of fact, Satan's sitting there clapping. He's going, oh, is that the way you want it? Okay, I'll give it to you. Except it's going to happen to you, not to them. And you, I'm going to make you look like the bad guys. And the, the bad guys are going to look good. That's why I'm letting this happen, because I'm going to flip the switch. Although those that know their God will be strong and do exploits. It ain't going to happen to us. You know, we're like that guy, uh, 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 no, not Vanilla Ice, the other one. Can't touch me. I don't know the guy. but MC Hammer. Yeah, thank you. MC Hammer, yeah. We'll be like that. Can't touch us. Nope. In the first part of this agitation, tribulation, whatever you want to call it, we make war against uh, Satan, and Satan doesn't win. He continually loses. Now there comes a time in the last part, all of a sudden, the uh, the pendulum swings the other way, and it's given the ability for him to overcome the saints. It's just for a short time. But we know, I peaked at the very end, Revelation's 19th chapter. We win, they lose. We're just studying the effects of losers that are not going to win. So it has a happy ending in the end, but this even has a happy ending. This is a catalyst to equip us as saints to go out in the authority and power and might of God's spirit. This is just on-the-job training for us. Yes, many are going to die, and it's going to be heartbreaking. But, you know, the bottom line is this, guys. If you believe that God is in control of, of Trump, it was prophesied that he would come in and he would end up being saved. And then from being saved, he was going to be filled with the Holy Ghost and empowered by God. That was what Kim Clement said. That was what 
um, Mark Taylor said. If you understand those two and their prophecies and how biblically sound they really are, then you're going to know that there's a chain of command. If God is in control of Trump and Trump is in control with his country, being led of God, why don't you want to obey him? If he says to do this, this, and this, just do it. Because he's filled with God's love. He's filled with God's divine providence. If God is in control of his life, then his life is in control of America. What are you worried about? If you truly believe these two prophets and they're calling, you should have no worry. You know what? Everybody that knows the, the prophecies, they're like me. What, me worry? Got nothing to worry about. We got the peace that passes all understanding. There is no what if this or what if that. What if? Whenever you hear what ifs, God never dealt with what ifs. He says, thus saith the word, uh, thus saith the Lord, or thus saith God's word. That's the way he confronted Satan in the 40 days in the desert. He fired back the word of God with authority and said, he didn't say what if. Satan is the only one that says what if. So when you hear what if, the red flag should go up automatically. This is not coming from God. What if this? What if that? That's the devil trying to taunt you, trying to get you to doubt things. What if God's word is true? What if the, his prophets spoke through his church faithfully as he promised? What if God that God is in control of Trump? And what if Trump is in control of this nation? Then what should we worry about anything? Follow the chain of command. This man is guiding us because he's got no one in his pocket, because he's a maverick, because he's not part of the new world order. He's not a shill that's going to turn on us later. He is a man that he is being led by God. So if he's being led by God, whatever he says is for our own protection. Just do it and don't fear. And you know what? In a few days, you're going to find out. And I'm saying a few days. I mean, you know, when the coronavirus finally comes to a standstill, you'll see the mighty works that Trump is able to do. As Kim Clement said, it's so intricate. It's so elaborate that only God could figure it out. So Trump doesn't get the praise and the glory. Jesus gets the praise and the glory. Because he's the one that's leading Trump and has had him one step ahead of the devil all the way through. And I think that's pretty awesome. That's That should give everybody hope. So everybody that doesn't know about Mark Taylor, I hope you go to the movies tonight and listen to that movie. It should be an encouragement. If you're being led of the Spirit, you'll know that these things resound and are, are true. Um, we've got nothing to worry about. Now, here's the catch, and I think, I think um, Eric, you were the one that said to me, well, what about the next time it happens? Yeah, what about the next time it happens? See, that's the, that's the thing. We're on a roller coaster ride. The pendulum is swinging one way extreme now, but it's going to swing back in the last half of this tribulation. And after everybody's experienced the wonderful joys and the peace and the, the harmony of FEMA and and the National Guard working together and how wonderful they were serving us. Yeah, that was when President Trump was in office. But what about what about seven years from now? How's it gonna be? Things are gonna change because somehow the pendulum swings the other way. Exactly how, let's wait and find out. But when it does, everybody's gonna remember the wonderful joys of FEMA and but somebody else is going to be in control. I'm thinking it's probably Obama being the general secretary of the United Nations after he gets booted out of the United States. Um, us against them kind of thing. And all of a sudden, he's calling the shots in America somehow. 
I don't know how. The Nimrod thing, bringing him back, it's going to be, you know, ET's going uh, racist. I mean, there's going to be white aliens and bad and black aliens. They're both bad. They're both pretending, playing us in the middle. And I hate to say that race gets that far. It's so crazy. There's so much information. A lot of my videos had, I show this on the double-minded thing of Dan. I, I had that on there. Um, and... Oh, I think they can get reposted. Somebody told me that now, during in light of this, um, YouTube was told that they can no longer suppress anyone's um, channels; that they are have to accept everybody. Mm. I gotta check it out. Maybe next week. Um, I'm gonna see if I can get my things posted back on YouTube. That'd be awesome. Then I can have all these things there. If not, um, you can get them through my website eventually whenever I get the front page made so I can post these things on my own page they'll be looped but hey you know they'll work um, I got to get them on somewhere and so far Google's blocked me from anything it's just kind of weird how that happens um, so anyways I'm I'm done preaching I'm going to be quiet and let you guys talk the rest of the time <laughs> <laughs> that was my little sermonette for the day I guess well, like we talked about earlier, you know, there are some things you can do. They were they were interviewing uh, Eric. We might have been watching the same video because they were talking to a British couple that were in a hospital in Japan. And yep, the guy was that's them. Yeah. Yeah. He was bald and she was yep. kind of in the background. Very yes. interesting oh, you, interview. You sent me the link. Yeah, I was watching it. Yes. Yeah. That is exact. That is exact couple that I saw. Uh, you know, I don't know how long they've been off camera um for a while they had been taken off the ship into some area um yeah they were they moved they were moved to one hospital where they determined that they really couldn't do anything else for them and then moved to another hospital in japan yep. but um they were saying that or he was saying that uh, one of the things he did was lung exercises and and he would take as deep a breath as he could Yep. You know, and he kept forcing himself to do that. And that makes sense because when you get out of surgery, they make you blow into that thing, yep. you know, to exercise your lungs. And then another thing he was saying is, um, I might have read this somewhere else, too, um, to drink lots of warm liquids. Don't, stay away from cold liquids. Drink warm yes. liquids yes. because yes. warm liquids are what help to um, to loosen Break it up. up in your throat. And then it goes down into your stomach where the, the stomach acid destroys it. Yes, and, destroys uh, the virus. Destroys the virus, yes. And uh, they were talking about, um, I, I don't know, when we grew up, we had these things called the humidifiers. Uh, they, I think they were called something else. I can't remember. But, no, that was the humidifier. Yeah, yeah. You, your mom would you, you would put something in the water, and then it would turn on, and it would put um, it would make the, the air in the room very humid. And, uh, and yeah, very usually saturated. Vicks. Wasn't it Vicks, I think? Yeah, they Vicks. Usually put or, Vicks in it. Some people were putting like uh, eucalyptus leaves and stuff in it too, which worked very mm -hmm. well. But the whole thing is, and it, and now take this with a grain of salt because it's coming from China. But they did a bunch of um, autopsies on people who had passed away, and what they found was that the um, the virus attacks it, it, it attacks the bottom of the lungs. Usually, a a pneumonia will develop in the top and then work its way down. But this goes right to the bottom, and what it did. Is it um, it dries out? It dries in the lungs, and and where, whereas the normal pneumonia usually stays a little wet in the lungs, and you can get it out. And um, what they were do what they, what they suggested is the breathing the the humidified air in because that'll help it to um, to moisten up, and then you can cough it out a lot easier. 
But um, Trump and others have been really going on this uh, hydrochloroquine, uh, the malarial drug, and uh, and also the Zithromax, which is an antibacterial, because ultimately uh, pneumonia will will can I should say change from viral to bacterial, or bacteria will see that you're compromised and it'll try to take over what, uh, and destroy what the virus hasn't. So hitting it with an antiviral and an antibacterial is probably a pretty smart idea. Um, and somebody else was saying that uh, gargling with um, uh, salt water. Salt water, yeah. And then there was something else too. I can't peroxide. Peroxide. Yeah, yeah, I actually do that, that every. I do that every night. I've been yeah. doing that every night with salt oh, yeah. water and hydrogen per, per, uh, peroxide in the mouth. You know the, yeah. the one video that's been going viral on Facebook. Um, it talks about using a hair dryer and uh, an air mister with just uh, with just water. Yeah, I've been doing that. Not as strict as the regiment was, but I've been doing that, and it has totally cleared up. You remember last week how I was coughing and everything? Uh-huh. This was the second time around, you know, that I got this crazy, um, you know, flu virus. Um, I just did it in a matter of, you know, ten minutes here, ten minutes there. When I could, you know, I I grab it and I do it for a short time. My gosh, I am so cleared now. And then the other thing that I do for my arteries that uh, one of the guys at church has done, he did it for six months. He went back to the doctors and they said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. He says, I don't even, you don't even need to come back. Your veins are 100% clear. There's nothing more we can do for you. You're, you're, I guess you're healed. And uh, so I, I copied the same thing and I've been doing it. And it's been all the things that they say kills the coronavirus or helps, you know, put it at bay. Apple cider vinegar, uh, turmeric. Cayenne powder, uh, lemon, honey, mm-hmm. uh, and pepper. A little, uh, it's a combination mixture of that. I take it every night before I go to bed, and now I'm excited because the diabetes is next. Um, I've been cutting it down, cutting it down, cutting it down. It's like, man, I know that's next, and I've got a silly reason why. I started out in ministry on a, an old knucklehead, Harley-Davidson. And I had a dream at the end of the end, I was riding this white 47 knucklehead and I want to get back on a bike. I started that way. I want to end my ministry the same way. So somewhere out there, there's a bike because there's a big need now with my old group. There's a big need for me to get back involved in them with them. And I see myself on this bike and I see my diabetes starting to be repaired. Now, they say that neuropathy in the legs can never, you know, in your feet, you know, never be healed. Uh-uh. Nuh-uh. I'm going to I'm going to have full feeling on everything. I'm getting everything back. And I'm right. excited, man. I, I So in a way, I'm like a kid waiting for Christmas. All this stuff is happening in my body. I can sense it. I can see it. I can see how he's working in me. Um, and he's no respecter of people. He's going to do it to me. He's going to do it for all kinds of people. No matter where you're at right now in your physical ailments, God can and will heal you if you're willing to hear from him no matter what he says. Find the root sources, which are the the hurts and the things that cause you to be that way in the first place. When you get rid of that, everything else is easy street to go away. Um, and I'm willing to work with you. You got my, you know, there's a way to millions of different ways to get a hold of me, and that's why I'm here. So I, it's it's not rocket science. The thing is that when it comes to healing, it's so simple even a kid can get it. So you know, I I don't have to explain long involved things. I can give you the real simplicity of how this works, how it worked for me, and how it's going to work for you too. So, right. feel free to write whatever. 
But uh, mm-hmm. we're living in exciting times, man. If we're really trusting the Lord, we got nothing to fear. This is this is our day. This is our time to be that army that God has called us to be. Yep. And, um, you, know, you, you know, I look at it in, from another way too, um, and and especially the way you're describing. But um, I have, and I don't want to understand basically because I don't want to. Usually, when I remember one time going, Lord, how could the Jews, how could they rebel against you when they saw all those miracles? And then, you know, six months later, I was totally um, walking away from him. So I don't ask questions like that anymore. <laughs> but, um, you he know, showed you though, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, how people are coping without the hope of Jesus just totally amazes me. And, um, yeah. and it's, and, and they're not coping. It's a, um, it's fake coping, <laughs> if we could say that. But, um, you know, just, you know, if anybody's listening, how, how do you do it? How do you, where's your hope? Where's your, is your hope in science? Is it in um, some kind of herbal cures or what? But and, and if it is, how are you sure those things are going to work? You know, and you could ask the same question. Well, your hope is in God. How do you know that's going to work? Well, it's time tested and true. Mm-hmm. Um but um, it just it amazes me, and in all different situations, how people cope. You know, I, I, I think I've been walking with the Lord for so long now that I don't remember what it was like walking without him. But what I want to say is that, you know, if, if you're out there and you're, and you're wondering how you're doing it yourself and you don't know the Lord, well, there's a simple solution. Um, come to know him. And... Um, but uh, the way I approach it, too, is that, you know, this is a win-win situation. Okay, if if I get it and he heals me, it's a win. If I get it and he takes me home, it's a win. Um, what, did, what, did, uh, what did Paul say? To live as Christ, to die as gain. You know, and I'm not trying to, you know, paint a, a, a dark picture here or anything, but just saying that, you know, when you're a believer, there's... There's um, everything's everything's an overcoming situation. Let's just put it that way. Um, it's uh, I, I remember reading about um, one of the things that really bothered Nero when he was killing Christians or sending them to the arena um, was that he would go down and look at the bodies afterwards, and he would see looks of contentment, smiles, looks looks of peace on the people's faces. And it drove him nuts, or he he was nuts to begin with. It just made him <laughs> nuts. But um, you know, and and he couldn't understand that. You know, he could have if he wanted to, but he he couldn't understand it. And um, so I think that's you know when, when Jim talks about you know he's not worried about it. He he's talking too that it's a win-win situation. Plus, it's a situation that that we can use to like he said, to talk to people about, about the Lord and stuff. And sometimes people need to be brought down to the lowest common denominator before they'll listen, you know. And, and it's not that God's doing. As a matter of fact, it's the people that themselves that do it because they allow themselves to, to be brought down to the lowest common denominator before they'll listen to the hope that, that's found in Jesus, you know. And... It's as a matter of fact, a lot of Christians do it too. (laughs) 
you know, we, we always wait till the last minute before we start to call on the Lord for help. You know, it's, okay, Lord, well, I've tried everything now, and I'm leaving it up to you. Um, but, you know, if if you're out there and you're, you're without hope and you're, and you're like, well, you know, this thing might take me out. It might take my spouse out. It might take my kids out. You know, well, what are you going to do when and when and if that happens? You know, where are you going afterwards? You know, that's something important to think about. You know, it's are you going to live in fear right up to your last breath and then draw it and then live in fear for, the you know, however long we people spend in, in uh, torments, you know, um, are you going to do that? Or are you going to close your eyes, you know, at your last breath and, and then open them up and you're walking in, uh, in, in, in a beautiful setting with uh, side by side with the, the Lord of the universe, the creator of the universe, you know, it's um, you have to, frankly, you have to be insane to choose the first choice. Uh, the second choice, what, what have you got to lose? You know, the the atheist, oh, God isn't real. Well, if he's not real, what are you worried about him for? You know, <laughs> it's, you know, why, why are you, that, that's insanity to worry about something that's not real. Right. You know? But yeah. the, the real worry is that there's an innate um, uh, part of the human psyche, some people might say, but soul or spirit, it's probably a better term, that knows that, that God exists, that knows that, there's a judgment day that knows that um, you're either going to go to eternal bliss or to to damnation, and and that's what the the real fear is about. You know, when people say they don't, you know, God doesn't exist. Well, yeah, you're just living in denial, and denial is not just a river in Egypt. You know, it's it's a condition of the human soul. You know, and and people got to get over that. <laughs> they really do. And a lot of times things like this come along to, to as a shock value to shock people back into reality. You know, um, you know, I don't know when when uh, I don't know about you guys, but when when um, somebody close to me passes away, you know, I start thinking about my own mortality. You know, I start thinking about, hey, you know, I'm 61 now, you know, and then I don't have as many years as I had when I was in my 30s. You know, and how are those years going to be lived out? How are they going to be played out? You know, how, you know, um, how am I going to bring glory to God? You know, and I start thinking about all these things. And and I think that natural people do that, too. Um, speaking of meaning people that don't know him because we kind of have more of a supernatural life. But, um, you know, the natural man um, has to many times be brought down, like I said, to the lowest common denominator you have to lose somebody that's really close to you or that you really loved a lot in order to start contemplating your own mortality, you know? And, um, it's, it's just, uh, it's amazing how, how God will use things like that. Um, a lot of times people, Oh yeah, well, I don't, you know, I think one of the reasons that, that a lot of fundamentalists don't believe in the gifts is they don't see them in action. You know, not the real ones anyway. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. you're watching TV and seeing all the, Free ring circus shows. Hey Dave, I gotta ask you this before I forget. But yeah, you're you got a good handle with a messianic background. You got a good handle on the holidays. Isn't Purim coming up or it? Purim? I thought Purim was past. Um, what's coming up is I, Passover. Okay. It comes up on um, Easter. 
What's the one? S O O U C H Sukkot. That's the uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, and that's usually um, that's September, usually September or October. Yeah, the, yeah. First, there's Yom Kippur, and then there's. I thought, um, go ahead. Well, I, I thought Perman was coming up like the 24th or 25th, or something it's like possible. that. It's it's one of the minor holidays. Well, yeah, yeah, it's minor, but here's the thing, though, that's interesting. Because of the leap year, it makes it on the 25th, I think. Yeah. And I I don't know. I don't know if there's a connection. I'm not that familiar with the holidays. I'm embarrassed to say I figured that was was your territory. Tuesday, March (laughs) 10th, actually. (laughs) Um, So uh, uh, sundown, March 9th. So it's passed. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's to celebrate on the 14th day of the month of Adar. Uh, but this year, it says, Purim for the year 2020 is celebrated, observed at sundown on March 9th, ending at sundown on March 10th. So, yeah, it's, it's okay. passed. Okay, it's passed. I remember. All right, well, throw a, that one it's, out. It's someone that, you know, it's it's um, it's a holiday, of course, just like uh, Hanukkah is a holiday, right. but uh, something that the Lord doesn't prescribe for us to celebrate. In, mm. For that much, you know, and, and uh, so those the other ones are the ones I try to stay up on um, well, because they're commands, actually. But, um, well, you know, you know, I, and I don't know exactly what the full effect of this is. I think maybe the coronavirus is going to reverse this. But, you know, the Democrats turned down the fast track. Yeah, I uh, know. Uh, because they were concerned about giving all that money to the big companies. And like Trump yeah. tried to explain. You keep the big companies open, not because they're big companies or what they have done or haven't done, but because of the 30 some thousand employees that they're employing need that job in order to maintain. If I'm going exactly. to make America great again and we're right. going to start over where we began, they have to be propped up so that the people still have a job. It was estimated that if this didn't go through 30 percent unemployment after this, uh, all of this happens. But but. I think the provisions that were made under Obama's rules have now enabled Trump to declare uh, a somehow yeah. a state of an emergency, and that nullifies just, everything, and he can just make an executive decision. Just do it himself. Just right. do it himself. Right. But, you know, I think the sense of unity is going to do it on its own. We're working together. There are some people, and I was a little disappointed by um, our, our governess, but I was really impressed that um, – I really think there's something sincere in this woman. I mean, some character there. I wouldn't vote for her only because she's still a Democrat that believes that it's okay to uh, massive genocide on babies. Until until that baby killing part is gone, I could never vote for one. But I can recognize good character. Our mayor of Detroit um, is one that has good character. He's not. He plays on both sides of the aisles to do whatever is good for Detroit. I truly think that uh, Gretchen Whitman is doing the same. She actually checked uh, with some Republicans that are close to her that she works with, uh, with Washington to find out the sensitivities because she didn't want to conflict Washington and she wanted to be able to stay open on both sides of the aisle with the context she had. So she actually extended herself an extra effort to make sure that She's whatever she presented would be done in a, a right way, but it'd still be somewhat respectful. And right at about the time when I'm ready to give her a big old hug and a kiss, then and she was not allowing the press to bait her into politics. 
And she's remained pretty cool about that, except for today when um, she started blaming the federal government for not having uh, seen this ahead of time, which Trump did. Right. Um, and she was complaining how they tried to get different resources, um, whether it be materials, even down to chemicals that were needed for certain things to manufacture. And she couldn't find any. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I think I know the secret behind that. I don't know for sure, but we know that Trump has all the time in the world, if you know what I mean. Right. And I think the reason why they can't find those elements, because probably months ago, he got all those elements. He's already manufactured and made much of what we need. And I think when they do come in, finally, um, you know, martial law is there to serve and help us. They're going to have all the goodies that everybody needs and everything's just going to be taken care of. And it's going to be pretty darn awesome. Just like I think it was. Um, uh, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Eric, because uh, this is a cool part, uh, because that will be the storm. That is felt throughout the entire world. So QAnon expert, um, Eric, tell us about the storm. Tell us all about that whole thing. Um. Uh, coming storm. Uh, yes. Well, for what I can tell you or what I can decipher is that um, I probably in this part of this crisis that we're going through right now, um, as they're closing down all the borders and there's no uh, international travel or even domestic travel, um, a lot of these people that have been involved in, you know, ritual sacrifice, you know, consumption of cannibalism and all this stuff, the Luciferians, um, they're all going to be quarantined. They're not going to be able to go anywhere. They're going to be caught. So amidst this whole thing, um, well, let's say this. I think they've been given a couple options already. Uh, there's the Rommel option, right? Go, right. go yeah. out. Go out your, with your dignity. So now you're seeing, what are you seeing? You're seeing celebrities like, oh, I, um, I, I got the COVID-19, um, you know, illness. And then eventually you'll see, oh, so-and-so celebrity has passed away because of COVID. Right. Weinstein, after he I, was, yeah, <laughs> would be the big one, right? Yep. He got, Tested you know, positive. Well, he, he, he obviously, uh, was found guilty and that, but he, he was allowed to go make a quick trip, I guess, apparently, even after he was convicted and then come back and go to prison where he was diagnosed with COVID-19. So, uh, that's probably the Rommel option. Yeah, go ahead. You know, some of our, some of our audience may not be up on their history. So explain what the Rommel option is according to history. Uh, if I understand it, it's it's a way of um, allow even though you have committed horrible acts or crimes, uh, you will be allowed to die in an honorable way that gives the perception that um, you were a decent person. And your you family get to die. Yeah. Right. Hitler. Right. Hitler felt Hitler felt that Rommel was a traitor. He betrayed him yes. uh, because he didn't obey certain orders. And so he gave him a way out. You can die as a national hero. We need you to be a national hero, not a traitor. People don't need that. So I'm going to give you this option out. Yes. And, and that is, that well, is he exactly. Did have, he did have, have other options, though. He had an option to go to a kangaroo court where he would have been, you know, 
he would have been yeah. he would have brought disgrace to Germany. And there right. was a third option too that I can't remember. But um, yeah, he he did the, yeah. what he thought was dignified, and he saved his family too. So, yeah. Now yeah. I know that Q talks about ten days of darkness, and I don't know if that means all of a sudden, you know, in the midst of this, at some point, you know. There, there isn't going to be much communication for a number of days, and there's just going to be a national emergency, and there's just going to be kind of a ten days of not much communication, not knowing what's going on. Well, Eric, uh, you're the computer expert guy. If if everybody is going to be on uh, the internet during this time, it, couldn't that potentially crash the servers? Uh, in terms of what the oh the traffic the oh the, yeah yeah. Well, you know, I it, that would be a potential, but you know, one of the things they've been doing is like I know with YouTube and Netflix and all that stuff is that um, the government has stepped in and told them to basically throttle the, um, you know, like you have certain resolutions that you see on YouTube, like 1080p or 720p. The more the higher depth it is, the more bandwidth you're consuming on the video mm-hmm. streams. Mm-hmm. Well, they've they've asked them to knock those down, especially in Europe, uh, and even so it's now. So going to be lower resolution or something. It, it is, it yeah. is. But you, honestly, even 480p, Most you're not going to. You're going to know the difference. You're right? not going to. You're not going <laughs> to know the. The only the higher resolutions only make a difference on something that it's a very big screen. Like if you got a 72 inch, you know, a 60 inch. Uh, TV or something like that. That's right. where you see the difference, right? Because you're seeing right. up up and close. But on your standard computer, you're not going to notice the difference. You know, and it, I, it'll keep the internet from collapsing too. So tell me if you've heard this too. I've heard that um, uh, some of the generals are already at Gitmo. They're getting ready for a, uh, a military tribunal to be yep. held at Gitmo, and that yep. many of the Democrats that have been haunting and you know, the ones, uh, let's destroy Trump at all costs. Yes. Trump actually has the goods on them. What they are trying to attack him on are what they themselves are doing. And during the Obama administration, all the laws were put yeah. into place for this to become an actual reality. And yeah. so the thing is that this time, instead of fake um, information and all the laws that the Democrats have rearranged to make this quick track you know, we don't have to go through this legal procedure, this procedure to try to hang Trump is now going to be the very own laws that are going to hang themselves. Yes. On a fast track thing. So yeah. Trump has all of the real goods on all these people. So during this time, the streets are clear. There's not going to be any um, people in harm's way. They can make the arrests, send these over to Gitmo. Most of them are going they're, they're going to be either in Gitmo or they're going to be in um, Leavenworth. Yeah. So you if you noticed, uh, there's just a, been a record number of CEOs and stuff stepping down from companies. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. you know, Bill Gates yeah. being, you know, the big one because we know he has a connection to this whole COVID-19 anyway, right? Yep. So, um, Mark Taylor said that, you know, when these mass arrests goes down and they have this military stri- uh, tribunal, that it'll be bigger than the Nuremberg trials. So the whole world is going to see this. Yeah. Right. So there's going to be no. Um, it's the storm. There's a whole world. It's the, the world will see what what's been going on, and you know these people won't be able to walk the streets because, you know, the common person, regardless of political well, affiliation, think, yeah, to, to, to a large degree, will not stand for what they have been doing. Yep. 
Because it's going to be of, quite of a shock to a lot of people, but it's not going to be a shock to me. But they're the baby eating, blood drinking, um, uh, yeah. rich elite that um, are for Agenda Twenty One. That the world yep. has to be reduced down to a man of manageable yeah. five hundred million, They'll, which means six and a half billion of us. I would not be surprised if they basically say, "Hey, they uh, they leagued themselves with China and released COVID nineteen on purpose to try to really disrupt things as part of this as well." And I tell you what, when though if, if that is the fact, part of the case as well with all this, I mean, the world is going to want these people hung. You know, they just oh, yeah. are. You know. now, some of the prophecies through the church says that, uh, and and I know from missionary work, the biggest movement of Christ right now is in China. If China continues on on the course that it's going, it's going to be the next largest Christian nation. There's yeah. even been prophecies saying that China is going to aid Israel. Yes, and support Israel. Yes. So something's got to happen to the actual Chinese Communist Party. Um, as a result of this, I don't know if this is full-out rebellion amongst its well, people or the how it... are demanding The youth are demanding, you know, they want a free enterprise system. They want sure. democracy. Yeah. Uh, so the way the hippies were in the 60s, you know, waving Viet Cong flags and, and of all things, pro-communist is the way that China is experiencing with their youth, only they want... The opposite. Yeah, the opposite. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love Which would be people. wonderful. Yeah, it'd be wonderful uh, to see China a free nation and its well, people know, free. And when I had my videos posted, I was getting feedback back that in China, my videos were going viral there because basically I'm saying, guys, you are not the 200 million that are going to cross over, in, you know, in the final war. I got good news for you. It isn't. The Bible clearly says this is a people that has never been and never will be again. This is not even a human army. This is a hybrid army. Um of all the Frankenstein technologies, transhumanism, all this stuff, this is something that's never been before and never will be again. And what hope that must have been for them. You know, well, it is. Kind of a, no, what, it's, it's not good for a nation to be fully demonized just yeah. because of someone thinks they're the 200 million, you know, Chinese army going to cross the Euphrates River. You know, like you said, it's it's nothing for any standing military to, uh, to cross a river nowadays, you know, with portable bridges and all that. So it's got to have further, deep, deeper meaning than that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, there was um, somebody had posted, I was looking for it on Twitter. I can't find it, but somebody had posted, and I think he was the, um, he's stepping down. He was the uh, president or CEO for some record company. And he, he made a quote, and he said that the, the um, COVID-19 virus seems to be targeting people with uh, with eight-figure eight salaries. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So you decide to exit out, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's the Rommel, it's a, it's the Rommel effect yep. for those that choose to um, take that route out. And I guess that's fine. I, uh, but, you know. There'll be others that will be defined to the very end. But you no, know, I think one is going to get off the hook. He may get prison, but I think he's got a different destined path to go along, and that's Obama. That's the, well, Obama won't. No, Obama won't get the death penalty. I think the Clintons could very well, if they got all the dope on them. Oh my gosh, yeah, they're they're not going to survive this. I don't think. But now, um, Obama, 
He's got to survive to live another day. I truly believe he's going to be destined to be the Secretary General of the United Nations. We'll, we'll find and, out. So. And uh, when they get booted out of this country, it's good. It's going to be UN representing the Antichrist agenda and U.S. representing the Kingdom of God. Just saying. I don't know how that happens. I don't know when it happens, but I know eventually someday, you know, it's it'll come down to that. I think. But you know what? We won't have too long to wait to find out. It's going to be an exciting year. And I really think September, October, I, I remember one year, it was like 2017 or everybody's talking about October surprise, October surprise. I said, yeah, it's a little bit further down the road. You're going to get an October surprise. All right. Um, and I think we all will, but just have to, you know, wait it out to see. I just think that's when Mark Taylor's reset happens sometime during the, again, during the um, Hebrew feast, the, probably the feast of the, ta- um, um, the harvest. So good. Yeah, well, yeah, that that's Sukkot is the uh, piece of tabernacles. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But uh, yeah, interesting times ahead. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think we have anything to worry about, man. We're putting our trust and faith in Jesus Christ. My gosh, you guys, you know, I I try to think of, you know, just what it must be like not being a Christian, having no hope. You know, I. I went, <laughs> of all things, I figured, okay, um, here's something that maybe nobody actually thought through on this one. I don't know. But uh, I live on a roof with commercial buildings down below. So I don't have anywhere to put my garbage for, I don't know, how, even two weeks is going to be, a, you know, I got a lot of garbage. Um, Why do you have a lot of garbage? You're one person. I'm a clean freak. I'm a, you know, I, it's hard to explain. Um, but I do, I, 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 uh, I have a lot of garbage. I'm filtering through. I was a hoarder. Okay. So that's probably why I got more garbage than what would be normal. I'm a hoarder. I'm still filtering through all the stuff I have, getting rid of what I don't need. And, and, uh, (laughs) so yeah, so I have a lot of garbage. I'm still sorting through a lot of stuff. And, uh, so it occurred to me that at least what's food wise, I got to protect us from animals and critters because even living on the roof, there's squirrels and other, you know, things that would get in and make a big mess. So I got a tarp on the bottom. I set my garbage on and I get this extra heavy duty tarp. I'm going to set on top. So at least it's going to be far enough away from me. So I don't have to smell it and, and uh, well protected. So mother nature isn't, or the, you know, critters aren't going to make a mess, but, See, I have a dumpster. My landlord is about three miles down the road, and he's got a big dumpster, and I just usually go over there and and throw my, you know, stuff in there, and uh, I can't do that. But then I got to thinking, what about some people who live in an apartment and they don't have nothing? What are they going to Yeah. So I'm sure that they thought this out. Maybe the National Guard will help you, you know, give a permit or escort or something to you, you know, to – pick up the garbage. Maybe they're going to actually have garbage people with a special permit so that they can collect garbage and maintain things on a normal standard for that. I got a feeling it's not going to be very long. So maybe two weeks or something until the storm is affected. And then all of a sudden everything goes away. That's what I'm kind of figuring. The thing is that, that we're in unknown territory. This has never happened to anyone on this planet, what we're going through now. So it is uncharted. We don't know what to expect fully. Um, but that's where, as Christians, we got to learn to live at the moment, right here, right now. Sufficient yeah. is the evil for the day thereof. 
Um, it's up to God to figure out. We can't let ourselves think, um, well, if I do this, then this might happen or that might. That's God's job. You let him worry about what's going to happen. You just do what's the right thing to do today because it's the right thing to do. Just keep being you that has led you to be who you are right now, as long as it's not compromising the word. Um, as long as you're in conformity to God's word, his will, and you're seeking his face and everything, you know, direct, letting him direct your path, you can't go wrong. Um, just keep on keeping on. And everything's going to be cool. No pressure. Just keep being yourself and you'll be fine. As long as yourself is con conformity to what you know the word is saying, you're praying, you've got an intimate relationship with the Lord, so you're depending on him. And that's why not any of us know the whole picture. That's why I only got bits and pieces, because I need others that have the other bits and pieces so that we come together, like the word says in, in uh, Hebrews, I think it is, that, um, and not and not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together as a manner of some are, but all the more as you see that day approaching. What? The day of the Lord. As you see it approaching, you're, we're supposed to come together more and more, not just to have a meeting, not just to have play church. But to come together in intimate relationship with one another, iron sharpens iron, the koinonia uh, experience of fellowship. Um, that's where I think many little home churches are beginning to understand with the fivefold word, you know, being in support there. Um, the intimacy of everybody sharing equally as a participant, their thoughts, their ideas, their beliefs on a particular scripture they're studying, a text they're studying. This is what sharpens iron. This is what everybody becomes a family, all fitting together with their diversity. But then unity is created from that. And I think that's what the church is rediscovering. And I think, Eric, wasn't it you saying it, uh, that that was part of the prophecies of Mark Taylor, right? Right. Um, that's very, very true. Um, I've noticed something, uh, several articles uh that a lot of the larger churches are getting um, a little nervous mm -hmm. um, with the shutdown. Of course. Um, because, well, yeah. Why? Why would they be? I mean, <laughs> well, the money's drying up. First of all. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And the, particularly the larger ones, they 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 need that sustainability of all those people coming into there and giving money through that. Now, obviously, they probably have their methods of donating money uh since you can't actually go into a congregation but still it's it cuts down on that that revenue stream so you could very well see you know well, but Ralph and I talk, go, i'm sorry i'm sorry Eric, go, uh, no uh, I'll, I'll just finish go ahead uh ralph and i were talking about that um the other day and and i said one of the things and maybe it was us last week i can't remember but one of the things, one of the reasons why rich people like to tithe is they like to see, they like the other people to see them putting the money in the basket. You know, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm giving. This is why I wear an Armani suit. This is why I drive a Mercedes because I give more than everybody else. And the Lord honors that, you know, that prosperity gospel that's out there. And, uh, but when it, when people can't see them putting that money in the plate, it's not going to be as much of a temptation for them to do it because they're not going to receive the recognition. And and along with that, if they do away with the 501c3, it crushes everything. 
it uh, it deletes all of their motives, you know, because yeah. they, they can't use it for taxes anymore, and they can't use it to show off. And yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I'm waiting no for more the power day. control. Yeah, I'm waiting for the day. You know, I want to I want to at least live to see the day when when I read in a newspaper that Lakeside Church in Houston closes. <laughs> you know. Or, or uh, you know, or Benny Hinn well, Ministry hate... goes bankrupt or something like that, you know? For me, yeah. it's a sad thing, you know, I, I, but I understand. You, you know that they're missing the mark and they're making many, many, many other people miss the mark. So, yeah, it is a joy to see them go down because now they're not leading so many astray to a, a wrong Right. You know, believe, oh, guys, I just got an instant message and it reminded me I wanted to make sure that I and let our audience know. Um, yes, I forgot about this. Ibuprofen. If you are taking Advil or ibuprofen, stop taking it. Any it's NSAID, just, actually. It's, yeah. It's, it's been proven that this is a magnet for the coronavirus. Right. Uh, somehow it just accelerates and makes it, like I said, a literal magnet. So if you have friends, relatives, anybody, wouldn't matter whether they already think you're a foam at the mouth creep, please let them warn them not to, you know, to quit taking. I, I mean, I as lived a, on as a, as a condition of uh, if you if you are already taking it and you con- you contract the virus that um, you'll have worse issues. Because I thought it was more of um you get the virus, and they use that as an anti-inflammatory while you're infected, that that can actually worsen your conditions. But I wasn't aware of the, of it, it the precursor worked. of taking it yeah. before yeah. getting infected, yeah. that, that it would make make it worse. Yeah. Yes, it okay. does. Well, it, and, and the thing is, it deprives your body uh, from the immune system. So the way to counter that is, um, oh, let's see, what is it? Um well, actually, this so I think they said Tylenol was okay, though, right? Tylenol's okay, yeah. No, yes. I, I don't know about aspirin. Okay. Aspirin might be okay too. I think aspirin aspirin's okay yeah. because yeah, because of the heart thing. I know that aspirin's okay, but not ibuprofen yeah. comes in so many different names. Like um, Advil is one of them. Um, you just got to make sure that the chemical substance, whatever it is, an ibuprofen, isn't there because that's the active ingredient that. That attracts the well, that's coronavirus. It, the yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, my wife has headaches every day. I think she takes it almost religiously every day. Yeah. So, but again, I, you know, I've, I've stressed to you guys just, you know, yeah. her overall health, health extent, kind of what's going on. So, right. um, yeah, it's a bit of a concern. I'll have to go back and look up there. I'm pretty sure that's what she's taking, though. Ibuprofen every day. Any NSAIDs so. that way? Ibuprofen, ketoprofen, uh, naproxen. Okay. Is another one that you need to stay away from. And it's a good thing anyway because, you know, when I give that out at the med window, I always ask the patients, do you have anything in your stomach? Well, no. And I said, well, what I want you to do is the minute you take this, go over to the cabinet where all the little snacks are, get yourself some peanut butter and crackers or something and eat something right away because that stuff will burn a hole in your stomach faster than, than yeah. anything. You know, it's, well, which, it's nasty which, uh... stuff. What's uh, what's uh, is it ibuprofen that's extremely hard on the liver? Yes, or yes, what, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not yeah. supposed to go over. Uh, well, it used to be you couldn't go over four grams or four thousand milligrams a day, especially elderly yeah. people. Then they reduce it to three, and now they're thinking about going down to two. Um, oh that's gosh, how bad I used to it take is. I used to take eight hundred milligrams a day, you know, Oof. for pain. 
Wow. And then I realized, you know, like, I got to stop that. So, you know, doing research and everything, you know, this is going to sound funny, but this is a spiritual thing. I love DMT. DMT, when, when you're allowing God to flip the switch, that DMT flows through and it's a, actually a healing medicinal painkiller. And it does everything that it, that God intended it for in your body. If you are not flipping the switch, believe it or not, start praising and worshiping God. Right. Uh, put on your favorite praise music. Start thanking him and praising him. Um, and that releases from your pineal gland. It releases DMT into your body. And it actually is a form of a painkiller. I mean, I've got sciatic nerve pain. No, I, I, no, I had sciatic nerve pain. I have had three slip discs in my back. I had a twisted back, had arthritis in my back. I've had um, a pin through my uh, center femur. Um, I've ha- I had type two diabetes. I had my heart disease. Man, I have so much pain going on. I got pain all the time. I live with pain and I take nothing. I praise and worship the Lord. That is my painkiller. When I came to this realization and understanding how important praise and worship was and how it does this, that's all I take for pain anymore. And I am feeling fine. I'm feeling great. Uh, It really works. And I guess for me, I hate to say it, you know, it wasn't by faith. But when I saw the physics behind it, I go, oh, my gosh. And here's the crazy thing. DMT is highly addictive. Mm -hmm. So. If you're shaming and you're taking it and you're flipping the switch, it ain't doing nothing for you except taking it to La La Land with, you know, because all the creepy it's not. Crawlies. Yeah. Yeah. All the creepy crawlies, man. You're not getting healed. You might have symptoms that are taken care of, but it's not actually doing your body any good or your mind or your spirit. You saw it. It's destructive. So, but you let God flick the switch mm-hmm. and it's highly addicted. That is kind of neat. God wants us to be highly addicted to him. Right. I lo- and there's nothing being wrong with being addicted to the king. I mean, he's the one that created you. So I, I just think, man, how special that is that he provided that way for us like that. It's just so cool. That's pretty neat, I, huh? Well, the same but, thing with marijuana, too, you know. Uh, yeah, there there flick, are healing properties in it. There's CBD yep. in it. And the CBD is a healing um, factor or a compound. Let's take out. Just take out the cannabis sativa part, you know, the, you know, just. Yeah, exactly. Take out that part, you know, the part to get you high. And my, my rebuttal for that is where it says, be sober, be vigilant. Cause your enemy seeks, you know, like a roaring lion seeks to whom he might be, might devour. He wants us to be sober and vigilant. You're not sober and vigilant if you're getting stoned on weed. I don't care if they made it legal in your state or not. They made it legal yeah. here. Yeah. You're... You go down and get it for any reason anymore now. It doesn't matter. Yeah, my gosh, we got we got weed shops popping up like Seven uh, Elevens, man, just yeah. everywhere. They're all the green so, cross is all over yep. the place. Yeah, I gotta I gotta ask: Are the cartels suffering for that, or are they gaining because of this? Probably what? gaining. You know, one neat thing. Oh, I forgot to tell you in Detroit. Neat thing that happened: We've got five major brewing companies in Detroit, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them is actually just a small microbrewer in Ferndale. It's kind of a college town, you know, kind of thing. It's so neat what's going on. Two of the main brewers decided, okay, we've got all this beer. Nobody's drinking it. Nobody can drink it. It's going to waste. So how do, what do we do with the beer? Then they realize, hey, take the beer out of the alcohol, make hand sanitizer. So <laughs> that's what they've been doing. Yep. We got the little Might micro well. brew. 
the little microbrew, they started making this. They came to the same conclusion. They says, well, we got this beer. Nobody's going to drink it. So let's okay. We'll take the beer out and we'll make these little spray bottles, you know, just uh, short term use. But here's a little spray bottle of uh, of hand sanitizer. Well, they ran out of bottles. They didn't run out of beer, but they ran out of bottles. So, they go, OK, bring your bottles in and fill them up here at our, our store and, you know, just keep coming. Keep on coming until you can't come anymore. We'll we'll keep making hand sanitizer. I just think it's so cool how they could have what would have been an economic disaster for them, and knowing that maybe they're going to be recompensated by the government anyway. But that's not the way we are. It's just not the way we naturally are as people. They said, "Hey, right. I can help. I can have this. Let's do it, man." Um, people started sewing, and the hospitals can't accept the, the sewer stuff. But there was a big movement. If you have a sewing machine, make these things and. But they're saying, no, guys, it doesn't really work and we're going to we can't accept them. But uh, it's just so many people are willing to contribute whatever they can, regardless of whether they're going to be compensated or not. They don't care. They just want to be a part of of getting us through all of this stuff. And I see that all over the country. And it's just awesome. It's like this is our trial. If we are going to be entitled to make be the representative to make God great again, we're going to face off the Antichrist system of the U.N. It's like almost like. This whole nation is under a test. Maybe that's why we're experiencing what we're experiencing in a way of recovery. Anything. It's a test and we're all doing the right thing. We're passing yeah. the test with flying right. colors. We're not buying into the fear. We're not buying into all the weirdness. We're doing what we can as a family to get through this so that we all make it. And I well, think that's off. They did it's it quite amazing. World War too. You know, they did. Yes. The world. They had victory gardens. They had scrap metal drives. They had everything else. Uh, yes, they had rationing because they rationed gas, they rationed certain foods and things like that. But it was for a war effort and it, and it really helped out. You know, everybody had a garden in their backyard back yep. then, even in the cities. On top of roofs, they had gardens, you know. Uh, all the scrap collecting and everything. Yeah. Know. Yeah. And, you know, what people don't realize, we were fighting two separate wars. The, the battle, the war with Japan and the war with Germany. Now they were Axis powers, but those were two separate wars. Yeah. In all of history, any nation that ever got in a true two front war with one enemy always failed. They well, never they destroyed won. the Roman Empire. Cause they, <laughs> right? Because they couldn't get you know two things. They couldn't get uh, logistically. They couldn't get everything where they needed to in time um, for when they needed it. So the thing is, here is Detroit. They're not only fighting two wars on five different fronts. Through the Lend-Lease program, they're giving France, they're giving Russia, they're giving Great Britain equipment and supplies. Right. So not only are, I mean, so we are a people that are determined. We know how to manufacture, make, and work and sacrifice for an effort. And that same spirit is still in us today. And, and, um, we're going to do it. We're going to make it. And like I said, Trump has all the time in the world. And I think the reason why the, a lot of things were depleted is because he's already been working on his stuff. He's already figured it out. He's yeah. one step ahead of the enemy. Yeah. Of course, when you got no time to worry about it, it makes it all that much easier. <laughs> it's just a shame that the enemies are our own government. You know, <laughs> it's... Well, you know, the thing is, from Operation Paperclip, man, we brought the very infrastructure of the elite and the Nazis into ourselves. And 60 years later, under the guise of capitalism, which is actually corporate fascism, the fascists have taken over. Mm -hmm. They're the three frogs of Revelation. In uh, what is it, Revelation uh, seven? No, wherever <laughs> seventeen. No, 
17 or 16, maybe 18, maybe it's Revelation 18. I don't remember, but the three frogs. These are three frogs that are, they come from Satan, from the dragon. They exist in a country, um, the beast, and then they're promoted by the false prophet. And when you look at the three different things, they can morph into Christianity. They call for the total annihilation and actually are the ones that bring all the nations of the world against Israel in the final battle. They want right. the destruction of Israel. So when you consider Islam, communist socialism, and national socialism, those are your three frogs. They want Israel eliminated off the face of the earth. One of these three frogs claims to have supernatural empowerment from what they consider their ancient Nordic gods, what others are calling aliens, what we would call fallen angels. Mm-hmm. Gee, who could that be? National socialism. Yeah. We take the very infrastructure into ourselves. Joshua and Caleb were warned, don't take the spoils of war into yourselves. You're going to end up, it's going to change it from within. Duh. Guess we should have taken heed to that warning. That's why, you know, young kids, they don't know, understand this part of history. Um, and who does? The baby boomers. Who's the main target for the uh, the virus? The baby boomers. Right. To be eliminated. Why? Because in spite of, in spite of, um, the, the baby boomers are now re- almost all retired. They're not in the job market anymore. The millennials look at the baby boomers as being everybody older than themselves. So they don't realize that there's another group, a middle group called the Gen X group. So um, in spite of, of the generation gap there, now the senior places in the world are Gen X. They're running everything. They're, their protégés, their um, people that they're investing to be the uh, trainees are the millennials. So millennials look at everybody as being boomers. So they blame us for this whole mess being started anyway. So the thing is, though, that in spite of all of the generation gap, boomers are also their grandparents. Grandma and grandpa love me. They're not like the rest of them. They love me. So grandma and grandpa gets to tell them the world that used to exist that they know no knowledge of, and they believe it because they're grandma and grandpa, and they love me. They wouldn't lie to me. They're good. Mm -hmm. So that fills in the gap. Well, the enemy knows that. So the thing is, let's eliminate the boomers so they can't tell. And this is worldwide. So they can't tell of the former world that used to exist. Mm-hmm. It's it, but again, you know, okay, so we're looking at losers. It's not going to work. It's not going to pan out the way they planned on it doing. Right. And unfortunately, at least for right now, all the people that have prepared for the transition from money uh, from the collapse of the dollar, we the dollar might not. Not only is it not going to collapse, it might be going to hyperinflation. So that means everybody that's got your dinar, hang on to it for the last three and a half years. You might right. use it then because you ain't right. going to need it now. Now it's nothing but monopoly money. And, hey, the joke's on you. It's not. It don't mean nothing. Well, you know, what was exhibited this last weekend by all the, basically the millennials going out and partying and everything and not listening to the plea. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and here's here's an example. Okay. There's a little town on the coast here called Florence. Beautiful little town. Love going there. Um, and, but Florence is, is predominantly, uh, boomer. It's, I think there's, uh, 82% of the population is above 60 years old, you know? So you got all these young kids going, 
you know, who knows if they're carrying the virus or not, going over there and delivering it, maybe most most likely unbeknownst to them, um, this virus to a population that it, this virus is going to take out, you know, and it, it it was just, it was shocking that, you know, when I read about the demographics of Florence, you know, and I'm like, wow, you know, one person could have brought the coronavirus over there and could have wiped out the whole town, you know, and it's like people, you got to think, you know, you got to think about what you're doing before you do it. And, you know, and I, I can't really lay that on them totally because, you know, when we were younger, we did stupid stuff too, right, Jim? Well, you know, at 19 yeah. years old, you think you're invulnerable, man. You know, you're not, yeah. you know, you're not, I am, you know, that's for somebody else. I'm young and, you know, I got a whole life to live. So you don't yeah. even think, that doesn't even enter your mind. And you don't want to listen to the man because the man doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yep. You know, so uh, we were that way. Remember, you know, don't trust anybody over 30. Oh, heck yeah. Yep. You know, now it's don't trust anybody under 30. You know. <laughs> remember, do you remember the movie back in the, uh, back in the 60s called Wild in the Streets? No, I don't think I ever saw that. Sully Winters played in it, and uh, uh, it was uh, – it. you want to see a, a one that's almost hilarious in a way. Um, it was where they changed the laws and made voting down, up down to like 16 years old. Kind of like yeah. what the uh, Dems wanted to do. Right. And uh, so this guy became president of the United States at like 30 years old. And then at the very end of the movie, I ended up rounding up all their parents and they put them in LSD camps. <laughs> and yeah, it's just LS- kind of crazy. LSD camps? Yeah. Yeah. Get them tripped oh. out so they would be so they would accept peace, man, and just you know get the good vibrations, man. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, mm. and okay. uh, so I mean it's it's almost humorous, but it's almost prophetic. So at the very end of the movie, there's this uh, twelve or thirteen year old asking the president, "How old are you?" Thirty-three. Wow, you're really getting too old. And then the song, the theme song comes on, um, you know, and that's the end of it. And it's like, you know, there's, see, so it's going to go younger and younger, just out of control, just crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a free download. I think you can watch the movie off of YouTube. It's uh, it's an old movie. It's it's kind of, it's kind of like Idiocracy. It's kind of yeah. funny. I was, I was wondering, because that came yeah. to mind when you brought that yeah. up. Yeah, who would ever thought a, 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 a comedy movie was going to end up being a prophetic movie you know idiocracy if anybody's ever you know it's it's not if you a can christian stand movie. language yeah. yeah i was going to say it's not a christian movie so you know don't expect it you know some of the language is going to be a little shocking but it's it is hilarious to think that a comedy movie making a spoof on um the future i mean what is a macho camacho is the president he's also the the head of the world wrestling federation or something it's just it just shows the potential of a dumbing down of society, how they could get, you know, it's just, uh, it's hilarious. Rondo. Well, I'm sure you've nice. seen that, that meme online uh, on Facebook. It keeps getting posted everywhere, but it, it shows the hippies back in the sixties. Mm-hmm. And it says, these are the people that called soldiers returning from Vietnam, baby killers. And, and then it shows them, yeah. you know, it shows them our age now. And it says, but these are the people that are advocating for killing babies. <laughs> That's exactly. Yep, I've seen that. So true. Have you, you know, guys seen? 
Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it's 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 a sideline topic. Have you guys seen the Facebook meme of uh, y- you guys are familiar with Baby Yoda, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you if you if you looty loot, you get the shooty shoot. Or... <laughs> it's Baby Yoda holding a you know, holding started... a. A gun. <laughs> my son told me about the Baby Yoda thing, so I, you know. Um, I, I tell you what, my kids—they ate that. They ate that show up. I mean, it was cute. It was cute. It, it really. It, it has been so. I didn't get to watch all of it. You know, there was another one. T- somebody told me about. Apparently, there's supposed to be a comet uh, heading our way or something, oh, and so they made go. this movie yeah. called Wormwood, um, and it was fashioned after that. And they were trying to make it like some kind of a noir intellectual mind, uh, you know, appealing thing. Man, I watched the first episode and it was so doggone boring and just, you know, it put me to sleep. I literally fell asleep watching a stupid thing. Now, it started on the fourth episode and it seems like that's where it starts tying everything into, you know. So I was going to watch it just to see what we're being controlled and positioned to, you know, head for i don't i didn't had no time to vet out you know is nasa really saying that there's an asteroid that's gonna you know that's on course with us in i don't know it, it was very soon very coming up soon i don't know you know i think wormwood could have very well been you know the whole fukushima thing um yeah yeah there's so much i don't understand why some of these memes that are on facebook or some of these things, they're just, people get goofy on times like this. They just love to spoof somebody just, you know, and then giggle thinking that, oh gosh, I got them sidetracked on this and they're believing it. Ha-ha, isn't that funny? No, it's not. You know, you're taking advantage of people's fears or anger and anxieties and you're sidetracking them what? So you can get a little jolly. You don't think mm-hmm. you're held accountable to God for that. Yeah. With, whether you're a Christian or not, you are going to be held accountable. So, Maybe you want to consider uh, walking circumspectly. I mean, whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. Maybe you don't want to be stupid at this time, but try to be helpful instead. It's usually dumb kids that are just playing games. But, you know, yeah. that's the downside of the net. You know, even a kid can get on air and start something. If he's articulate enough to be able to to uh, present himself well enough, you have everybody going goofy for a while. Going back to this whole young and old, you know, millennial versus, you know, boomer all that type of thing um one of the observations i've kind of made you know people talking about you know this this virus and the effect it will have on you know older people especially but obviously it can affect young people as well but um it's interesting the perspective of what the comments i've seen come out of people's mouths in regards to it some people are like oh well you know there's too many people in the world so they seem to be fine with it or you know, the, or you know, well, we need to free up all that you know retirement money for us, so it'll probably yeah. be all right if it happened. Um, what else have I heard? Uh, yeah, I heard someone today say, well, there's there's a cluster of infected now there. They should just nuke it from orbit. You know, the, those type of comments. Mm-hmm. And I've actually been kind of calling these people out a little bit because they've been rattling off statistics and how this is as bad. And I said, I said to them. It'll stop being a statistic to you once it affects somebody that's personal with you. Right. Then it'll it'll, it'll go out yep. the door. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. I mean. Yep. Exactly. And I yep. and I've caught I've gotten a number of people off guard with that because once it becomes personal, then everything changes. 
you know, once it's your grandma or grandpa. Yeah. And I think, I think the primary difference is, you know, especially for me, um, not everybody um, has had a loved one pass, pass away yet in their life. Some people still have their uh, parents, uh, all their siblings. Maybe they've lost a grandparent or two. Uh, Maybe not. Um, But for me, you know, losing my mother, I, you know, my perspective on mortality and death changed. So I, I really am pretty sensitive to when people joke about people dying because it's not really a joking matter. It no, really isn't. Not, not at all. It's not. But yet people seem to make a joke out of it. Uh, and I got to confess, you know, before my mother died, I did it all the time. You know, no big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, she passed away and then, you know, it 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 all changed, you know. You realize that life is precious, and um, you have to cherish it. Mm-hmm. And because uh, you don't know, you don't know if you're you're going to lose a loved one tomorrow or or whenever. But we just have to have a lot more respect for life. So yeah, I agree. I agree. You know what happened in my family is that my first it was my grandmother and grandfather, then it was my mom and dad, then it was my younger brother. I'm the only one left in the family. And now in my entire family, going to family reunions, all the older people have passed on. I've got one uncle, no, two uncles that are older than me. One is 80. He just lives down the road from me in in Clinton Township. Um, He's just got through cancer. Now he's got leukemia. Uh, He's 80, I think just 80 years old. And, uh, Man, he's got all kinds of conditions right now. And uh, he's still, he had a doctor's appointment yesterday and went, um, you know, I don't even want to think about it. Um, at my family reunion now, I'm, I'm the oldest, I'm the old guy. I'm the family patriarch. I, I never saw myself ever in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, It's just, uh, you know, you step into it, and I'm gracefully trying to do that. But, um, and I see now at the right time and the right place, you know, I'm I'm now the president of the whole thing uh, for this year. So, you know, it's up to me, and I've been doing it very much pastoral. Gave everybody a free copy of my book two years ago. Most of them have read it. Thank God they did. Um, nobody thinks I'm a kook or a nut. You know, they some of them thought it was kind of strange, but I think they saw the sincerity that I wasn't doing it to promote myself. I was doing it out of love because I care about all of them. And I think they know that. Um, now it's even going to be more interesting as they have read it. They see a lot of these things coming down that I wrote about. But, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, the whole purpose of this whole story is that God's grace and mercy is there. I never saw myself ever being, you know, in the position I am now. But I was gracefully able to step into it because I could see God's hand in all of it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there was a kind of a fear, I admit. You know, me, the old guy? How did that ever happen? I was a crazy Christian biker guy that, you know, used to come all the time. And But I've, I've never, I've always respected my, my older elders. That's just the way I was raised in a different time, in a different place. I loved my grandfather's stories. My gosh, he gave me stories of back in the, the 20s when he worked at a, a speakeasy. Um, and uh, that's where he got his nickname, Spike. Uh, I've been through the Depression. 
I've been through World War II in, in the Philippine Islands. I mean, I heard his stories over and over again, loved it every time he did. Now I can almost quote him verbatim because they become part of my, um, my grandfather became part of me. Right. I love so much detail on his time. It's almost as if I was there myself. I don't see that same kind of interest coming from the youngers. You know, they, they don't seem to be that interested, especially in history. They don't realize the importance of history. Um, I think once millennials, though, they, they become Christians. My God, it's like rapid grow. I, I mean, I was talking to one of the members in Peacemakers, uh, a young kid. He was probably only a year old, but that guy could give you book, chapter, text, and verse of scripture. Boom, 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 boom. He just knew the word upside down and inside out. I figured he had at least be five years old in the Lord. When I found out he was a year old in the Lord, I was in shock. I just, right. man, dude, wow. Well, they have instant knowledge, you know, uh, at their fingertip now. I mean, mm -hmm. everything with the Bible in general, I mean, yes, you can read it from a hard copy of the book, but you can literally through, you know, the web, the web, you know, browse through, look for a certain topic and have every cross-reference and everything at your disposal within an instant. So it's easy to to acquire and attain that knowledge far quicker than it was in the past where right. you, had to, you had to, I mean, you had to do a lot of work on uh, the past to try to all put it together. But now a lot of it's already laid out. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's easy to get up to speed uh, versus the past. You know what I mean? That's right. That's very true. Dead air. Yeah, that was. I remember. <laughs> oh, we got one. Oh no, my my eyes are bad. I was looking at the thing. I thought it was pumpkin time, but it's we still got five minutes, I guess. Yeah, we're close, but not that close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we sure covered a lot tonight. I I knew we were going to have a lot to talk about because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, you know, the, I think the bottom line is that all of us are forced to do something that is the hardest thing for us to do, to have patience and wait mm -hmm. and rely on the Lord. You know, we we always want to try to figure everything all out. You know what? This is new territory. None of us have been here. The world's never been here before like this. So we just have to um, do what's right and expect expect turns that we weren't expecting. Exactly. And believe that God is in control. And he's, you know, he's already figured he won, they lost. And that's the bottom line of the story. That's what we got to remember. We're only, all these fears and apprehensions about this, that, and the other, they're losers. They don't win. So what are you worried about? They already lost and don't realize it. But, man, we've already won. Start realizing it. That's right. You're in a win-win situation. Those that seek to save their lives, what? They lose it. Those that lose their lives for my sake shall be saved. And I'm not talking about your eternal salvation or anything like that. I'm talking about literally being spared um, what the world has to go through because we don't have to because, well, we do up to a point. And, you know, there's going to be a time when, when uh, we are willing to give our lives because we have the word of the testimony, the blood of the Lamb, and we're willing to... to give up our lives for that. Mm -hmm. And it's again, it's a win-win situation. And it's, you know, 
Lord told me that this is this ministry that I have is going to be the last thing I do. Are you good with that? And I said, well, heck yeah. I mean, you know, it's better than slipping on a bar of soap in a bathtub. Where, you know, where does that get me? I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I'd rather have my death have some meaning to someone. I, I could see you doing that, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> not, not dying, but slipping on a bar of soap well, and yeah, hitting I, your head you know, or something, I, you know. got that kind of gracefulness about me, don't I? My, my youngest son, David, is the same way, man. If it's, if it's uh, liquid, he'll spill it. If it's on the floor, he's going to trip over it. Um, you know, it just seems to find him like that. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe that's part of my thorn in the flesh or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the gift of clumsiness. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, I was just going to mention one other uh, thing um, in regards to Italy, since Italy's kind of been the epicenter of this whole yeah. thing. We're getting a reality of, you know, what is truly happening versus what China's numbers were, were being reported. Mm-hmm. So I noticed in the last three days that the reported deaths in Italy has declined. Now, they're still not great, but just to point this out, I think uh, three days ago it was about 793, and then it was the next day it was 651, and today it's 601. That's oh, good. good. So, I mean, I I don't know if, you know, like I said, obviously 600 people dying is it's, it's horrible. Um, but still... Um, yeah, it's hopefully they're nearing what they call the, the the top of that plateau where they're starting to level yeah. off. Yeah, and they're, what, they're, they're peaking. Like a, they're peaking, and um, they're like a week ahead of us, is it? Or uh, well, several weeks. Well, they're, yeah, they're, they're about weeks. equal with Seattle. Yeah, you the UK oh, okay. is um kind of the one that was probably a week or two behind. Yeah, that'd be like, uh, that'd be like where Italy weeks. is at. So. And you know, Seattle, the reason why their stats are so way off is because they had a guy from Wuhan, China, come into the United States. He went to Seattle to a senior citizen's home, coughed yep. on everybody. And so, you know, like all, like 90% of the deaths were from that one Just incident. That, yep, yeah, that zero, uh, patient zero type right. thing. Did he end yeah. up I mean, living I, or did, did? No, he died. He died. Oh, well. Oh, yeah. And so did, you know, a lot of the residents in the the home. Now, I talked to my friend. I've known her for 40 some years. She was part of the King's Kids and uh, her and her husband. And they're just they are so full of confidence. They're of of the Lord. They're using this time to share. Now, she was a beautician. I think they finally, you know, have gone down to where, no, you can't have any contact or anything. Um, So they close that down. But she was a beautician and she was just a naturally kind of person that's going to you get around here. You're going to help. You can't help but to feel good about yourself. She's very uplifting, very edifying. That was her gift. And uh, it was just so cool to hear from both of them. They're just so in tune with the Lord and just so, so peaceful through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of concerned because with that stats, I mean, I was like, guys, can you explain to me what happened? And that's when they told me the whole story. And I go, oh, man, that makes all the sense in the world now. So you're not any worse off than anyone else. There's nothing special. So exactly. that's a good, no, yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of stories behind a lot of this that we, you know, don't fully get all of the logistics behind it. I think they're being fairly honest with us in in Michigan. I mean, most of the deaths, regardless of the age, are people that had um, debilitating situations in their life already. Yeah, a lot of them are that way. Right. Um, 
you know, then I, you know, but yeah. I do blame some of the news media. They'll, they'll talk about a younger person uh, getting it and, um, but then they won't, they won't yeah, elaborate they if that person right. had any health issues right. to begin with, which they, sometimes they, they, they've come to find out later uh, through another news source that that was in fact the case. Now I'm not saying there isn't going to be, you know, right. some shocking people that, you know, thought they were in good health or whatever, and they get they get picked off. I'm not saying that won't happen. I do think they will be in the minority of the cases, yeah. Yeah. but obviously the majority of the people that got health problems, you know, this this thing could take you out. So, but yeah, I still, you know, it could be one way or the other, but I still think and wonder if maybe the virus actually did enter into our country back in Thanksgiving. And so if you've had it twice, you're immune now. Well, I, I, I wonder about that, too, because I noticed, um, you know, um, God, I want to say in January, you know, I have not been sick at all this winter. And I said that, but I know there was a week in January where um, at night for about a, I don't know if it was about a week or it might have been three or four days Um at night, I would get a, just a slight low-grade fever, hmm. nothing significant. It would go away in the morning, and then I just—I I remember it happened about over a weekend, and I think I, for some reason, I just said to my wife, "Boy, I'm just extra tired this weekend." So I slept most of the weekend, right? But I didn't have anything else beyond that, you know. But the thing cons- with you, though, the thing with you, though, is that you lost all that weight you started yes. looking out you were in tip-top shape yeah so well i i've been the doing the intermittent you and that's probably all the effect it yeah because so your was like in top shape yeah i do intermittent fasting i don't know not that mm-hmm. i want to make this all a health show or anything like that but I, <laughs> that, that seems to have a profound effect on uh boosting super boosting your immune system obviously nutrition is important as well but um that seems to play a, a high role in this. So, well, you know, I, obviously because of my position, I do a lot of fasting, but it's fasting, you know, seeking the Lord. So, yeah, um, that fasting is probably helping me get cured from my diabetes. Oh, absolutely. I have, to, I have to way lower my, you know, my levels in order to not have, you know, yeah. them go way, way super down. So. Yeah, as long as you you prolong that fasting, you actually what it does is it drives down your insulin level to a yeah. new new baseline is what it's doing, and it's yeah. incrementally stepping it down over the course of time and basically correcting the issue. You're you're basically self healing yourself. Well, you know, in in past days, I I would go maybe you know sometimes ten days a week. You know, I mean a week, ten days, sometimes even two weeks. Now, you know, I'm only going like three days, but still three days. Man, I'm just, you know, it's probably saving my life, and I didn't even realize it. Realize well, it. It's, it's just I mean, ridiculous God, that going to do it anyway. But it's just ridiculous that you know modern medicine and doctors, you know, don't actually talk about this at all. It seems like you have people, God bless their hearts, you know, on YouTube that are are doing far more greater good to help people you know, get off, you know, meds and stuff like that than most doctors are even willing to do. Because if you don't sell pills, then, you know, the pharmaceuticals lose and you just treat the symptoms. You don't heal, actually do the healing. Well, and if you're a younger doctor, that's all you've ever been trained or taught. 
Because right. the medical, you know, the the um, the pharmaceutical companies, you know, that almost all of them are owned by IG Farben. Yeah, right. Of Zyklon B. Right. Heil Hitler and all that kind of crap. Yeah, Ger you know? German, German yeah. owned, right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And, and they'll say, oh, no, that's not true. We have a, you know, there's France. Yeah. And you own it. But you're using France as a cover so you can say, oh, it's not all German. Yeah. Well, I did the research. No, it's, it's IG Farben. So, I mean, but so the thing is that they have taught the younger generation right from the get go. All they know is what they have been taught by the pharmaceutical companies. So they don't know about this other stuff. It's never been taught to them. So unless they're, you know, like the doctor I picked, he was from Poland. This guy, when he graduated, he graduated on a level that he was thrown into medical research right away. He could have went anywhere. He could have went to John Hopkins University. He had that good of credentials. He picked, he picked the uh, Haiti to do his uh, um, internship. Oh, wow. And I said, Okay, this dude's either got to be a Christian or he's a true humanitarian. Something's going on. Why would you choose that when you could go anywhere in the world? And I said, this guy's got to be a Christian. Man, I, I'm glad I, you know, and I was doing this prayerfully, and the Lord was showing me, and I'm glad I got him. Dr. Hasmany, you are an awesome man of God. Man, this guy is just incredible. Um, I am so glad. Now, you know, just going down there, he's had to deal with – um, um the Rastafarians, he had to deal with uh, voodoo, he had to deal with uh, uh, liberation theology, um, you name it. He's He's been forced to live outside of the box. He's had to deal with all this crazy, you know, religious, political um, influence, you know, in, in the culture. And so by the very nature, he's going to be doing it. But that's where he chose to be. And it's because he was a Christian and God directed him to go there. And uh, he was just being obedient to God. So, no, he's an MD. MDs usually want to start cutting you open and doing everything. This guy is fully aware of holistic uh, things. He knows that I do my own research, so he shares in in what I want to do. Uh, I used to have that with my old doctor because he was from India. So same, but he was familiar with holistic healing too. So they were both open to it. This Dr. Hasmany that I got now, though, you know, he did a. Uh, when he found out that I was very pro-Trump, he got all excited and everything. And then I told him my name. I said, well, you know, I got some videos posted. So he went in the other room. He was literally checking up on me right then and there. He went online and he was looking and he come back all excited. He says, man, I got to keep you alive. You got a big audience. You got important things to say. I got to I got to keep you alive. The last time I went to him, I hadn't been there for a while. He spent an hour and a half over time what he should have been closed and went home he spent an hour and a half reviewing all of my past records checking everything out found out that he had made one mistake with a twisted spine and so a lot of the chiropractic things and, other, and even some of the medication he was giving me was all wrong and he apologized but i mean apologize my god no doctor does this for anybody i mean mm. thank you my gosh <laughs> i mean it was just incredible so i mean this guy he is just phenomenal and, and again, it, it's God's grace and mercy upon me, you know, to keep stupid me alive. I, I sometimes am so naive on, on my own health. I wait until the last minute or this last time. Now I, I didn't actually go to the doctor to get verified what I already know. I'm going to find out. They're going to say, where's the stents? What, how, we did all this, this and this. And you got a new heart, man. What, what, what happened here? Jesus, Dr. Jesus does everything a hundred percent. 
<laughs> so I know whenever I do go, that's what they're going to find out. It's, there's, so why spend the money right now when I get crappy insurance to be told what I already know? Right. Especially now when I said, Lord, should I stop this medicine? Yeah, give it to your son because he's got this stage three. What did, what did you call it? You you hit it right on a nail on the head. Oh, um, heart block. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he needs it. So Romans 8.28, man, all things work together for good. We can't lose. We got to win. We're his children. He loves us. Mm-hmm. That's true. Very true. No. Okay. <laughs> Pumpkin time. It is pumpkin yep. time, yes. Yep. So I want to thank the audience. I know you do too. Um, just for just for being them. You know, they, they come and listen to us all the time. And we have a lot of faithful followers. And we thank you. And um, we're glad that we're able to minister to you. And, um, and you in turn minister to us just by being there. Um Jim, if you wouldn't mind, uh, you, since you're so adept in prayer, would you mind uh, giving us a closing prayer? We'll say good night to everybody. And uh, yeah. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just pray. We just don't. I mean, it's so different from week to week. It's going to be exciting to see what you're going to do with all of us. Mm-hmm. Help us to continue on course, Lord. Help us to continue just being ourselves. Everything that brought us to the point where you say that we're ready. Help us to conform those things of the flesh to the spirit. Help us to, um, if we're not lined up in some ways to, to exactly your realities, if we don't have the peace that passes all understanding. Lord, I pray for those many Christians that even are afraid that maybe this is some false move that they were warned of in the past. Show them they need everything, all the gifts, everything that you have available for us. And now is the time. Lord, I pray that you'll bring us in unity. We have no idea what's gonna, what we're going to be talking about next week. But, Lord, you're faithful and just. Your love is enduring forever. The one thing that we can all respond to, Lord, is your love. Help us to stay abiding in that love. Help us to realize there's so many things that we can't do in and of ourselves that we need to let ourselves step aside so that you come in and supernaturally do what we aren't able to do. So I pray, Lord, for our leaders. I pray for both sides of the aisle, the Democrats and the Republicans, for those that have true character, that really want to seek you out. Like I think my governor in in, in Michigan really is sincere. I think a level of, of true character is coming out in her. Just reach their hearts for you, Lord. Yes. Make this a, a, a unity and peace that's going to last past the, the virus that we seem to be following and passing the test, Lord, as a nation. So I pray, Lord, that you'll help us stay focused on you, led of you, and seeking all the right sources where you're going to speak to us through the New Testament prophets, through the watchmen, that we'll listen and that we'll trust that you have a voice through them to help us along. We ask these things in your mighty and precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, thank you for being with us, and uh, we just pray that you have a wonderful week, that you um, are blessed in mighty ways by the Lord our God. His name is Jesus. And uh, until we meet again, have a wonderful week, and you you guys too, okay? Yeah, you too, man. You too, man. You too. We'll stay in touch on our little line. I I like the way that we're doing that. That's really keeping communication good with us. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, guys. God bless. And anything pops up, let's stay informed with each other, too. Okay. All right. All right. Good night, everybody. Signing off from Oregon.
And from Detroit. And from South Dakota. All right. Good night. Good night, Good night everybody.